San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. Live from Los Angeles, powered by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. I guess it's already 4 o'clock, huh? Wow! Holy crap, I heard the big voice guy say it's time for the Blitz. I didn't know it was time to go. My goodness, Jason, what a day it's been here on Radio Row in Los Angeles, man. It has been something else just nonstop since the moment we walked through the door. It's exactly what it is. AA Best Bail Bonds Radio Row coverage in Los Angeles, day three. And, you know, it's fun on this trip having three guys that have never done this before, and you're trying to talk about why this is going to happen, but you also don't want to, because of COVID and some of this stuff, it's like, well, I don't want to be the guy, and Rob said the same way, of, well, this is what we used to get, and this is what it is now. And we told you, it's going to get busier Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it has. I mean, today feels like Radio Row at the Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you what, it really has been. When I say that, there's no exaggeration. It has been nonstop since we walked through the door. I know Rudy and Rob have been busy the entire day as well, and... Man, it has just been a lot of fun, though, with the people that have been walking around here and uh, sitting down with us and chatting with us. And it's just been, man, so much fun. It really has. Well, and again, Radio Row, Super Bowl talk. I mean, we, we've got it covered today. And, you know, we've been busy helping the guys out this morning that, you know, they're, they're getting some stuff that you'll hear tomorrow morning, including the playmaker Michael Irvin. I can tell you that is gold. Yes. And we can tell you, uh, I, I mean, uh, Tomorrow morning, you can skip a cup of coffee. Just listen to the playmaker. I mean, that's going to be worth two cups of coffee. And if you guys could only hear the conversations that was happening... Well, we didn't hit play and record. Yeah, because that's 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 super gold. What is that? Platinum. <laughs> Michael Irvin is always gold. I've never seen the guy when he's not gold. He he always has something to say. He's got an opinion. He says what's on his mind and and he backs it up. And it, it is just fantastic. And I love. Uh, it was it was great listening to him today. All right, coming up here today on the Blitz, we've got Ryan Leaf. Scheduled to join us coming up at 4.30. Super Agent Lee Steinberg will join us at 5 o'clock. The Romo with Rings, Bill Romanowski, he will join us coming <laughs> up at, at 5.30. Uh, we've got Aaron Taylor. We've got Darren Ravel. Tyler Lockett is rolling around here. Wow. Uh, he's Texas guy. He keeps saying, now I'm coming back, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, he's going to come on. Uh, we'll, we'll talk with Tyler Lockett as well. There's just a lot to get into uh, uh, today on the Blitz, along with talking about the game and, and everything that we're expecting to see because now it's, you know, the Bengals got into town yesterday, and I'm a little worried about the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe, I, I, in the sense of they all showed up wearing the same sweatsuits. Yeah, And it just gave me that vibe of when the Houston Texans thought they were good and they rolled into New England in a letterman's jacket and got their ass kicked. When I saw the Bengals all getting off the plane wearing the, the – unless the sponsor said, you have to wear this. And I don't know that all the years I've been to covering Super Bowls that I've seen the team wearing the same outfit as they arrived. I don't know if that's a new thing or they decided to do it. But I just saw that on SportsCenter and went, 
That's that's J.J. Watt and those Letterman jackets. That did not work out well. Well, we'll see what happens, but, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the uh, San Antonio sports star crew <laughs> out and about last night looking all wearing the same thing and, and rolling down the street. So if it's bad luck for Cincinnati, what is that for us? Well, I mean, you know, but we won last night. We, 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 we kicked ass at dinner last night. There was no food left, no chicken left on that bone. I mean, it was just one of those dinners that we had at this spot in Redondo Beach. And it was one of those great restaurants. Now, the map says it's ten minutes away. No. It takes a damn hour. It does. I mean, we're going to the beach, and we leave, and it's sunny, Right. We see the sunset. We're still in traffic. And the GPS goes from 33 minutes to 48 minutes to an hour 10 to however long. And, you know, you're in the car and you got to pee. And it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, Rudy has no idea how long it took to get there because no. he took a good nap there, as he typically does. Although he did at least this time make it to the highway before he crashed out. Well, he serenaded all of us, too, as he was sleeping with that. I think he was playing a horn or something. I'm not sure what that was. But, uh, yeah, the music. French horn? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Rudy needed a nap on the way to the restaurant, and he was he was golden once he got there. So everything was good. But uh, and I, this place has just been incredible. And I tell you what, as as exciting as it was on Monday and Tuesday, Jason, the vibe in here today is just so much greater. It is just, um, I mean, every table is full just about, and people walking around, celebrities walking around, athletes walking around, and it's just, uh, it feels like the Super Bowl here today for sure you know it's sad because every table is full except for the one right behind us right now if you're watching on the video yard apparently i'm not on yet pledge send that thing um but uh uh the pittsburgh station that guy's here early and then leaves yeah the station behind me or the table behind me is empty so we would using that as kind of a work table and a lunch table and you know we, we commandeered it and you know we got the eviction notice about an hour ago now so they, they told us, hey, man, you know, we can't use this table anymore. All right. Well, nobody's moved in yet. Somebody did, yeah. There's a guy there. Uh, no, I think that's a guy that just found an open table. Yeah, maybe so. I, mean, I, I, I really do think that's all he's uh, dealing with there is uh, going with this this table uh, that that's available because now it's full and everybody is looking for a place to plug in their laptop and do some work. Well, I want to know how that eviction thing goes. I must have missed that. I was gone or something when somebody came by to evict you. I mean, were they rude? Did well, they bring uh, the cops? I mean, actually, what happened? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> I wasn't there when it happened. They kicked Rob out. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, so <laughs> so all of a sudden, all the all the stuff is, is is gone, and, you know, Rob packed everything, so now you're trying to find things that was over there that, you know. But I noticed the box of donuts is safe. There, well, yeah. <laughs> the, there's one donut left. There's there. one donut yeah. left. One left, and uh, hey. I, think, I think Kyle Turley ate all the donuts today. Well, I mean, look. You have to understand what Kyle Turley does for a living now. <laughs> and part of that is eat donuts later. Yes. And, you know, and, and Kyle Turley's always great. And he, he's going to be on with Rob and Rudy tomorrow morning, but they taped it uh, a, a little while ago. And 
he, you know, the last several years, and you never know what you're going to get with Kyle Turley. I mean, I've seen him bring his guitar and basically do a concert. I really don't want to talk to you, but I'll sing to you guys for 15 minutes, right? Uh, but he's in the CBD business. Well, now he's getting into the legal weed business. Nice. You know, so not just CBD. So, yeah, he, he needed a donut while they were talking. Immediately. As soon as he <laughs> sat down, he said, hey, y'all got any snacks? And I think somebody said, yeah, we have donuts. He said, that's perfect. I'll have a couple. And so, yeah, he, he proceeded to chow down on a couple of donuts. So he was happy. It is amazing. We're in a state where weed is legal. Yeah. So everywhere we were going last night, you're like, damn. Yeah, I mean, the, the smell of it. Well, you know, and then a lot of former players were involved in it. We're going to talk about Blunts with LaGarrette Blunt later this week. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, he's he's in the Blunt business, but he was born to it. It's well, part yeah. of his name. That's his name, so that's going to be good. I can't wait to talk to him about that and maybe some other things, too. But um, I, I just I, I can't stress enough for everybody that's that's uh, watching and listening. And um, Man, this place is just rocking and rolling right now, and I, it's really exciting, and the adrenaline's flowing, and uh, it's, it's fun, man. And as we get things uh, lined up and get ready for uh, the rest of the day here on Radio Row, and it's going to be obviously very Super Bowl-centric. There is some interesting news coming out of San Antonio involving our San Antonio Spurs and a bit of a trade. Yeah, absolutely, and it's kind of weird because, um, you know, you look at it on paper and you wonder what the Spurs are doing, and there's got to be a a method to their madness, I would think. Well, Wancho Hernan Gomez is no longer a San Antonio Spur. He is now a Portland Trailblazer. He was sent packing for Tomas. What? What's it? How do you say the last names? Uh, that's why Saransky. you're doing it. Yeah. So well, I don't have I it in front. Sadoransky. Yes, I handed it off to you, man. Yeah. Well, Sat or Ansky. Sat or Ansky. Sadoransky. Sadoransky. That's that dude. Uh-huh. I thought that isn't that a jewelry store somewhere? <laughs> that's Mark Sadowski Jewelry. Oh, okay. Yeah, over there off Northwest Military. I don't know. Is he related to that guy? Anyway. That's who the Spurs have now, plus a second-round pick. And then the, the surprising news of that was a three-team trade. Joe Ingles has been traded by the Utah Jazz to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and so it's it was a whole thing. And, and you know, poor Joe Ingles, is, he's out for the rest of the season. So the poor guy's hurt, and then he gets traded. And watch, he's going to fail his physical. Yeah, probably, right? <laughs> well, he'll get the waiver for that. It's interesting. i got to bring up so – I, 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 I heard something yesterday. I haven't been able to track it down, so I'm not going to get into the details. But if there's some major shakeup involving the Spurs and the Utah Jazz, and I'm not talking about player trades in the next week or so, um, I, I just that's just something to keep an eye on. That 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 is that was all I, I. I just looked up at the screen. Pledge, you wore a tuxedo today. Sorry, I just totally got distracted. Yeah. You went full penguin. I mean, it's not a tuxedo. Well, what, what, it looks like a tuxedo. It looks good. He wore that the other day. It's just this a is trench with a bow tie. Just right? a, I'm always nervous when I see a dude wearing a trench coat. i got to admit. <laughs> Especially the way you open that up. You, you open up that trench coat like you've got some experience doing that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> is pledge allowed around elementary schools? Apparently not. <laughs> Uh, you know, and now that I think about how he generally comes to work, he avoids the school zones. I thought it was just so he didn't have to slow down right, twice. Right, <laughs> Maybe there's something else there that uh, we, we are unaware of. Um, but, yeah, some interesting things with the with the Spurs that, that we're trying to track down because 
quite frankly, when you hear it and you go, all right, I got to dig into that one. And again, I don't want to. Uh, I'll put it out there a little bit, but there, there's, there could be something brewing there. Yeah, let's get the, other than the trade that other happened the, today. Other than the trade, and I'm not right. in the breaking news business. I don't want to be Shams or Woj and put something out. Not going to be, you know, Schefter or something like that. It's not what I do, but you know, I also have to verify it. And uh, and and that so far, of course, it's the Spurs has been a little difficult to do. Although a lot of times when you text somebody, and then they don't respond, that tells you something. It does, as opposed to. Where the hell did you hear that? That's crap. Okay, now I've got the I've got the copy in front of me, and I want to I want to just Tomas Sadoransky from Portland, a second round pick from the Jazz. Now San Antonio in return sending Juancho Hernan Gomez, who was acquired, remember that Bryn Forbes trade last month, to the Jazz, who also lands newly acquired Portland guard Nikhail Alexander Walker, who was acquired as part of the C.J. McCollum trade yesterday. And then the Jazz, this is what blows me away because Joe Ingles is a player. Unless that injury is is career-ending or or career-threatening, they send Joe Ingles and Elijah Hughes and a second-round pick to the Trailblazers. So... It just it baffles. There's got to be something else going on there. This well, is just the first part of it. That is, and, and again, when you look at all the vowels that you just went through in the name, and yeah. that it that it take a long time for that to scroll across the bottom line, and you need kind of a grease board to write down where everybody's going. But it's not the blockbuster, but it does feel like it's an appetizer for more to come as the trade deadline is Thursday. They're setting up some things for one of these teams to have some sort of blockbuster move, I would think, in the next day or two. Either that, Jason, or the Spurs are just trying to get stockpile draft picks and season-ending contracts to try and do something in the offseason. I understand season-ending contracts. I don't understand the collection of second-round draft picks, unless they're trying to really get the G League team pretty good. Well, I don't know. I remember Amani Ginobili who came in the second round. That was was a pretty good deal. That was. How many years ago was that? Well, I I, I mean, every now and then you find a a diamond in the rough. I, I, I just look at how many, and I'm guilty of it, too. Well, Manu was a second-round pick. <laughs> you know, Tom Brady was pick number one ninety-nine, right? It's you know, I just we've we've got I don't know how many second-round picks. It's like every deal we get, they throw in a second-round pick. Well, that's what I mean. So there's got to be something else working, right? You know? Because they don't they don't have they've got too many of those second-round picks. So something else is working there. Whether it happens tomorrow or before tomorrow's deadline, I'm not sure. But you got to figure. You got to figure, and the other news you're talking about could weigh into all of this very heavily. Um, but you got to figure the Spurs are going to be players this summer. They have to be. Well, they're going to have plenty of money, and I know the the common thread is free agents don't want to come here. That's baloney. Uh, free agents haven't needed to come here when you had Tim, Tony, and Manu for so long, and they didn't have the money. When now they're going to have a lot of money to spend, and guys will always say it, it, it's not about the money until it's about the money. And when you've got that kind of money, you're going to be able to attract some free agents. Now, depending on who they are and where they are in their career, you know, if it's the veteran guy who's made a gazillion dollars that wants to go chase a ring with a Golden State or team up with LeBron or something like that, yeah, that's different. But other free agents. An opportunity and a spot and a role and a vision, 
the Spurs are going to have the money to be able to go do that for the first time in seemingly forever. Well, I think that whole LeBron thing has lost its luster because the Lakers suck. They do. And the Milwaukee Bucks just ran them out of their own gym last night. So, yeah, I, I'm, that whole luster is going to and the Lakers are desperate. That's a whole other story. But I think you're right about the Spurs. They've got some young players to build around. But whether... Spurs fans like it or not, they need some veterans in here. You cannot do all of this with just young players. All right, you've got them to grow. So another first-round pick, okay, that would be great. You still need some veterans in here and some quality players to lead this team. And that that's just, it's just as simple as that because they've got a lot of talent right now, but they're not getting it done. They, they can't win consistently right now. They need something to get them over that hump, and that's got to come this summer in, in free agency. It just has to. It, it does. And, again, you look at where this team is now, the San Antonio Spurs. They kick off the rodeo road trip tonight on the road in, in Cleveland. And I, I, I wonder how much Pop is having to do damage control, PR control, mental control, telling guys – Either, hey, yes, we are making phone calls about you, or no, you have nothing to worry about. You know, through the years, and the one guy who's probably been the most open about it, at least uh, uh, on the Blitz, with, with especially with Rob and I, was Danny Green, who would talk about how much it sucked around the trade deadline, because all these guys hear the rumors. And the one thing that Danny Green told us uh, a couple of years ago on the Blitz was, Greg Popovich was great about telling guys where they stood and where they were in the process. And Pop wasn't necessarily talking to the agents and letting the agents relay it, according to Danny Green anyway. Pop would have that conversation with, you know, yes, you're hearing rumors. Yes, we're having these calls. Do I think it's happening? Do I not? And Danny Green talked about how Pop was just so good at making sure they were aware because then you've got the human side of it. you got a game tonight. You want the guy focused on that, not, we're on a rodeo road trip. I only packed for a week, and I might have to pick up and go live in a hotel in another city for a while, and all my stuff is back over here and all the stuff that goes along with it. I'm curious what Pop's conversations has been like with his players because, quite frankly, outside of maybe Keldon, Devin, and DeJounte, Everybody else's name's been talked about. Yeah, it has, and especially Yaka Pirtle. That's been the name that's been thrown around the most. But I, I just, I will never buy into the fact that guys will not come here because they don't like living in San Antonio. They'd rather go to New York or Los Angeles or Chicago or name another big city. I, I just don't buy that. Look, if you're making enough money, you can go wherever you want. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can live wherever you want. You can go wherever you want, whenever you want. That, that makes no difference, especially now. I mean, guys in New York, you can't go out anywhere. I mean, right? In, yeah. in Los Angeles, you can't go out anywhere. And we've seen that. I mean, if you you go out somewhere here and you're not wearing a mask, you know, the police show up. So, I mean, it, it, it's just not the same as it used to be. So you come to Texas and, um, you know, the, those restrictions aren't as tough there. And I, I just have never bought into the fact that uh, just because it's San Antonio and nobody wants to live there. That, and to me, that's baloney. If I'm getting a $30 million contract, guess what? I, I live in Poteet. I live in Timbuktu for all that. It, it doesn't make any difference. I mean, $30 million goes a long way in Poteet. It you know really, a lot of strawberries. You, with that? Yeah, I, you, you want to know what's bizarre about the mask stuff in Los Angeles? And I, I don't know how it works, and I don't know where cities begin and end here. Because you know, But in L.A., in L.A., 
they check your ID and your Vax card at the door. And it doesn't matter who it is. You could be at a little wing stop. You could be at a convenience store. The breakfast place called Spud Nuts. Yes. Right? I mean, everybody checks it. This morning, we saw guys riding their bikes down the road, riding bicycles with their masks on. I thought, well, that's weird. Well, yeah. last night at Redondo Beach... They didn't give a damn. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all trying to be all good and put our mask on going in, and the lady's like, you don't have to wear that. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the the uh, differences in the different cities because I, I always thought Redondo Beach was L.A. I don't get it either, Jason, but I'm not even going to try to figure it out. And apparently I read something today that come February the 15th, the mask mandates are going away even here. So that's good news, I suppose, for anybody that lives here and doesn't want to wear a mask. But having said all that, just, look, San Antonio is a great place, and if, if you're going to get a big-time contract, max contract, I don't really think these guys give a damn where they live. Well, I, I agree there. I, and, again, I think it's more about the role on the team and – how good this team could be. And that's the one thing, if you're paying attention to the Spurs. This year, yeah, they ain't going anywhere. But you look at this young core. I think this young core will be able to help attract one of those big-name free agents. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm still on the John Collins trade. I I, I want to see some activity there if that's possible still. I mean, there there's a lot of moving parts, and for the first time in, I don't know, I just feel like the Spurs, even though it's not in their DNA, it's not their M.O., could be players, big-time players at the trade deadline. They could be, and, and, and you're right. I mean, they really could be. And I think all of the, what happened today with the three-team trade is setting them up for something big. Now, whether that happens in the next couple of days or not or whether it happens in the offseason, I don't know. But they're going to have some money, and they're going to have some draft picks to throw around to make some deals and, and do something. Because, look, Pop knows. Pop knows what he has right now is not going to get it done. These guys are going to grow. They're going to continue to get better. But you need to infuse yes. a piece or two in there to get it over the hump. Now, on uh, the Facebook Live, Pledge was rolling through some comments. One asked, do we really think the Spurs are going to make a big trade before the deadline? Define big. Do I think they're going to be players either to get somebody that's going to help them in, in future years if they're able to do that, but I also think maybe shedding some to either create cap room or get some picks and get some capital that they'll be able to use. Uh, but I do think there's going to be some activity involving the Spurs, more so than with some guy that never actually got a jersey from San Antonio. Uh, and I'm not even going to try to say uh, his name. Denver knew him. Don't even care anymore. Uh, you know, he's, he's already gone. Um, and I think there'll be players in free agents. I mean, uh, and somebody mentioned about uh, no state income tax. Yeah. Guys are fully aware of that. Their agents are fully aware of that. Absolutely, they're aware of that, and it makes a difference. And we just had a comment that NBA players do care where they live. Well, okay, maybe they do. Sure. But just pay me, and I'll live anywhere. What difference does it really make? Honestly, it does not make any difference. Austin's right up the street. You can fly to Dallas in an hour. Houston, I mean, it just makes no difference. I I, I do think... Depending on your age, there there is the the lifestyle argument that that can be made, and if you're comparing apples to apples, money to money, maybe a a, a better locale. If if you were choosing between, I don't know, say Miami and San Antonio, you probably go Miami if the money's about the same. If you're talking about San Antonio, Minnesota, 
unless for whatever reason you've got some fancy snow boots, you're going to pick San Antonio if, if the money is about the same. And all the talk that free agents don't come here, it's, it's very rare that the Spurs have had the money to go get that big-name free agent. And when we did, we got LaMarcus Aldridge, although he was a Texas guy coming home. Well, and if that, if that's the case, then why don't we just get rid of San Antonio? We'll get rid of Sacramento. We'll get rid of Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, seriously, if if that's the case, if people really care, why have those cities around? If nobody wants to come there, let's just get rid of them. We'll just have a five-team league of Los Angeles, <laughs> New York, Chicago. That's it. That's all we need because that's the, that's the only place anybody wants to live. It's BS. It's BS. They don't care. Pay them. They want the money. He is Joe Ryan Eagle on Twitter at JoeKens5. You can tweet at me at Jason Minnick. San Antonio Sports Stars, AA Best Bail Bonds, big game coverage. We'll continue here from Radio Row in Los Angeles. Also brought to you in part by Texas Cheer Liquor, Nearside App, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. We've got a loaded show for you today from Los Angeles with, as I pull up my guest list, the lengthy <laughs> guest list that it is, uh, we've got Bill Romanowski coming up at 5.30. Darren Ravel will be on at 6.30. Aaron Taylor's going to join us at uh, 4 o'clock. He's a running back for the Bears. Uh, Lee Steinberg, Ryan Leaf. Uh, we got a loaded show today. Loaded show today. And, you know, Rudy knew that he was a running back for the Bears. That's his team. That is his team. That's Although I heard today he told somebody famous that he was a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Oh, dude, we got to talk about that. I heard him say that, and I was like, I was scratching my head going, wait a minute, what happened to Rudy J? That I didn't know he was a Philadelphia Eagles fan. <laughs> Are we going to sell him out? You know, I just did. No, I no. I mean, I mean, full, full, full sellout. I think we should. Are, are we going? Are we? Are we going to do that now? No, we'll do that later. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll do that. We'll All do right. that. We'll tease how Rudy J called a Heisman Trophy winner, sir, and Mister <laughs> Smith, and then lied to his face, <laughs> and then got the stiff arm. Dude yeah. did the Heisman. Yeah. Woo, get away. No photos, please. <laughs> we got a lot coming up from Radio Row in Los Angeles. Second of days. The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 1033 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. Our AA Best Fail Bonds big game coverage continues from LA on Radio Row. Former Cowboy quarterback. Ryan Leaf joining us as Jake Plummer's walking by. <laughs> Absolutely. You wouldn't recognize Jake wow. Plummer today. That's true. I was yeah. like, oh, I still do. I yeah. Still do. I, well, I mean, you might. I, you know, we're, he's, a, he's an Idaho guy. I'm a Montana guy. So we, we've known each other for a long, long time. I imagine you have. Ryan Leaf, I mean, everybody kind of knows your story by now. And, and, you know, we've gotten to know each other a lot better throughout the years. Dude, you are killing it now in the <laughs> broadcast world. Well, I just, I, I, I love working. You know, I, I love doing that, and and people are giving me opportunities, and, and you know, I'm not going to say no. I like if I'm asked to to do whatever I can, I'm 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 doing it. And um, like I said, I'm just lucky that people are giving me an opportunity because I, I I love sports. I've probably forgotten more football than than people remember, you know. Yeah. And so or no, 
and and it helps and it's something that gave me everything in my life and it's cool to cool way to give back yeah ryan when you look at this place here in los angeles radio row you're doing a lot of radio here what's the vibe for you to be here and i mean do you just enjoy just talking football for because you're doing seven hours of radio every day yeah, well today i am <laughs> uh you know it's it, what what it is is uh, an opportunity and i live in los angeles so that that makes it pretty cool too because you know i don't i didn't know with with covid and everything if we were going to be able to travel or anything so having the super bowl in los angeles makes for an easy commute i get to sleep in my own bed get to put my kid down to bed at night and that's that that's fun because this week this week is incredibly busy you know was here at eight in the morning we'll, we'll probably head home around nine ten o'clock tonight so it's it's a full day, and uh, luckily the season will be over on Sunday, and I can I can maybe get back out on the golf course a little bit. <laughs> yeah, college football analyst, NFL analyst, you do it all. And, you know, I go back to the first time we had you on the air was Super Bowl 50 in San Francisco. Yep. And, you know, I, I was working with that one at the time, and, you know, we saw you were doing a couple interviews and just, just kind of, but Johnny Manziel was going through some stuff. Yeah. Well, everybody knows your story. You've gone through some stuff, and it was – was it difficult then kind of talking about what you're doing now? Now you've got a podcast called the Bust Podcast. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're owning the fact that, but you've turned the negative into a positive. Well, I'm an incredible businessman, and I knew that would market really well. <laughs> and that advertisers would eat it up, and that pundits would be like, this is awesome. And it's, it's, been, it's been that case. So at least I know what, what I think I know I'm doing is right. Um, that Super Bowl in San Francisco, I went up. Um, prim- primarily to get a health and body scan from the NFLPA. Mm-hmm. That's what I went there for. I had been in prison for the last four years. I wanted to make sure my body was, you know, not going to let me down because now that I was free, I wanted to live and, and have this life. And so I went up for that. And during that process, the Manziel uh, news broke. Dan Patrick had had me on his show, and I was really transparent and vulnerable and honest about it. And then it became a whirlwind. But I was so incredibly fearful of coming on to Radio Row because I just thought I'd walk down the aisle and I would just be constantly judged, you know, for being a, what they would consider a bust or just a failed human being is the way I looked at it. And I had a friend of mine, he's a comedian, who comes around and his name's Craig Gass. And he does, he comes to Radio Row and he does uh, um, imitations of people. He does Tracy Morgan and Al Pacino and Mark Wahlberg. I mean, he's just, he's an incredible <laughs> comedian. And he said, "Here, uh, let me go on. Let me go on these radio hits with you, and I can bring some levity to it and, and make people laugh." And what he did is he pretty much held my hand. That's what he did. He held my hand through that process, and that was six years ago. Like you said, Super Bowl Fifty, and uh, then it became this thing that every Super Bowl I'd show up and kind of make it about other people, make it about helping other people, and and that's what we continue to do. And that's a big reason why I. I uh, recorded and, and put out Bust, uh, the Ryan Leaf story, simply because I wanted it to be there for people to know that, that there is a solution, there is an answer, and if I can do this, like a- anybody can. Yeah, Ryan, when you look at that, and you, you are doing a lot, I mean, your career is taking off, you're very successful there, but you are giving back a great deal. What was it that made you want to do that so much? My roommate in prison, you know, he, uh, like, I didn't change at all in prison. In fact, I got worse. I was angrier, I was more fearful and judgmental and everything like that and he just one day i don't know he felt comfortable enough to to confront me and said you know you have value you don't understand the value that you have not only for the men in here but for when you get out because you're going to get out at some point ryan so you know get your head out of the sand and you're coming with me down to the prison library and we're going to help prisoners who don't know how to read learn how to read and uh 
I had never been of service to anybody in my life. I used to think what I did on Saturdays and Sundays was me being of service, and that's just silly. Um, this would be the first time in the worst possible environment where there were two men, grown men, who had messed up uh, and now were in the worst possible place they could imagine, help one another, essentially. And before I knew it, I was sleeping better. I was more personable. I was talking with my family more. And I knew that when I got out, uh, like it was going to have to be at the foundation of who I was. So everything I have now is due to the fact that I, that I give it away. That's the best way to put it. You can't keep any of it unless you give it away, and that's what I try to do every day. Ryan Leaf joining us here on the Blitz, live in Los Angeles on Radio Row. And you've done so much, the podcast, the Believe Network, everything uh, that you've been doing. But analyzing football and college football, uh, Washington State legend. Washington State's got a very interesting San Antonio connection coming up with Eric Morris, who was the head coach at UIW, taking over as OC. And the quarterback that Incarnate Word had, Cam Ward, yeah. is going to end up being the starting quarterback for the Cougars this year. I don't know if you've seen Cam on tape or any of the stuff that he has done, but when you go from he was running triple option in high school, nobody recruited him. Eric saw him at a camp. He threw about four passes, and he said, don't throw anymore. I'm going to put you over here so nobody else can find you. And then he just broke every record he could at, at that level. But to go from a high school like that, small college, to the Pac-12, how difficult of a transition should we expect Cam Ward to have? It be incredibly difficult, right? And, and it's something that, as an alumnus, watching everything play out the, over the last year as it has, uh, and seeing the freshman of the year, the guy who led the conference in touchdown passes, and Jaden Delora, yeah. up and leave and go to Arizona because they got rid of some of Nick Rolovich's, uh, you know, run and shoot um, um, philosophies. I was a little hesitant. I love what Coach Morris brings to the table, and I've loved what I've seen from Cam Ward. It's a different animal. Don't get me wrong. I'm willing to believe that. The choice by Jake Dickert and Pat Chun, the offense or the athletic director, and moving back towards the personnel groupings of kind of the air raid feel. They're going to call it the Coug raid. Use the tight end a little bit more, um, but don't. I will say this: don't just believe that Cam Ward has the job in, in tow. There are some good quarterbacks there that are in that room that are going to battle him and uh, make for a, a healthy competition. I think because if he doesn't have the goods at that level. You'll find out pretty quickly, and luckily they have a very good quarterback room, but I expect Cam Ward to be the guy. Ryan, when I look at college football overall, I'm a little concerned with the whole NIL thing. I'm just concerned that it's going to blow up and it's just going to, I don't know, ruin the game, but really take away from it. What is your feeling on that? Don't be. Don't, don't? be concerned. Okay. No. Don't be concerned at all. Uh, the rich getting richer thought process is always going to It was always going to be the case. What you should be worried about is the fact that the president's and the committee in expanding this college football playoff have not got off the stump. They have to expand the playoff. That's what's going to ruin it because no one's going to be interested in college football, regardless of NIL or the transfer portal or any of it, if you're limiting to the four teams. I don't care if Georgia and Alabama play in the, in the college football championship every single year. You need more teams involved. It ultimately may get to that place where those are the two best teams, but you got to have 12 or 16 teams to keep everybody involved, excited throughout the year. Because once that first Tuesday comes and you see your team sitting somewhere like at 15 or 14, you're almost like our season's over. 
Yep. You know, we don't we don't have a chance. And in a year where they brought two new teams to the table in terms of Michigan mm-hmm. and Cincinnati, there was more excitement. Yep. People were more interested. And we want that and we need that. That's the one thing I think you would look at in terms of what college what could bring down the demise of college football. NIL, it, it, what it is is what was going on uh, in, in the shadows is now legal and okay. That's that's what that is. Well, that's it, and and also you'll have fewer players opting out of bowl games if they're if, if they're, they're big games if they're playoff games. Yes. You're a quarterback. Could you imagine? You know, all right, the year you guys won the Rose Bowl, you weren't going to opt out of that. But say you were quarterbacking Washington State in the Sun Bowl. Yeah, I don't need to go play in that one. It it it, it was a different time. Yeah, the evolution of the advocacy of players and what's really important. Like it wouldn't even cross my mind if we were playing in the Sun Bowl not to play in the Sun Bowl. Right? Yeah. I wanted to play. I just wanted to compete. I wanted to play. I wasn't thinking that I was going to get hurt, that it, that my NFL riches weren't always going to be there for me. It just was a different time. My jersey was being sold in the in the bookstore. I didn't care about it. I didn't want my piece of that pie or that my name, image, and likeness was on the college football uh, video game, EA Sports video game. I just thought it was super cool to pull up Washington <laughs> State and see number 16 running around out there, right? It's just a different time, and if I would have understood how much money was being made, I may have had a different idea of what what I should have been compensated for, you know. And and the Johnny Manziel era really showcased what was available to a player. Because guess what, you most guys aren't going to play in the NFL, and in Johnny's case, it was you know one and done pretty much in the NFL. Yeah, the amount of money he could have made in college because of how good oh, of a man. player he was. That could have set him up for life, right? And those opportunities need to be present for those that are going through it right now. The bowl system, you talk about that, and and I guess it is predicated on on the playoffs, so you explain, but it just doesn't seem to have the same that it used to. You know, it used to be New Year's Day. You were sitting down watching college football all day. Now it's like, eh. Well, I think if you go look at the ratings – that that isn't the case. I mean, there's a reason why ESPN has bought up and made every possible bowl game there is, and continues to fill it because, you know, people are watching it on TV. Now they may not be going to the games, mm-hmm. right? They may not necessarily be destination places for this. The Rose Bowl is always going to be the case, right? It's going to be at 2:30 in the afternoon on New Year's Day, and that's just the way it's going to be. Sun going down on the San Gabriel's, you know, the the echoes of Keith Jackson in your your ears. Um, it, that's what it's always going to be. The college football playoff now brings a different kind of situation to the table, which I think when they expand, they need to allow those quarterfinal games and even possibly semifinal games, in my opinion, to be played in the home stadium on campus. I think that would make for an unbelievable atmosphere. I think it would. An unbelievable atmosphere is always the Super Bowl. Uh, In your backyard, obviously, this year, who do you like on Sunday? Uh, you know, it's I haven't haven't quite decided. I'm going to go watch the guys practice and just kind of see if Uzama's going to go for Cincinnati. I think that's a huge injury we got to keep an eye on uh, in terms of what that tight end can do down the middle of the field. Um, I think if you're a betting man and you in in your you like to do that type of thing, I like the Bengals plus four and a half. Mm-hmm. I just do. I think they are going to fight tooth and nail. I think this is a close football game. If it comes down to the kicking game, I think that Cincinnati has the better kicker as he's clearly showcased this year. Um, but I'm afraid of that porous offensive line and how they're going to hold up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. That, that's the bigger question. Now, it hasn't mattered, right? He's been sacked nine times in a game against the Tennessee Titans <laughs> yeah. and still found a way to get it done. They have to be better in the red zone, too. They have been really bad during the playoffs. They've kicked almost, I think the kicker's got four field goals in every game he's yeah. played in, 
right? So they had to re- they've had to, to settle for field goals, and they need to get in the end zone if they get down there. So that those are the two really factors I'm going to be looking at. Which defensive line can move their quarterback off their spot and make them make mistakes? Well, the Rams don't like a big lead, Ryan, because they tend to blow that quite often. <laughs> That's what I told them when that, after that Tampa Bay deal. I said you want it, you need a game where you got to come from behind, or you're just going back and forth. That's that's where Matthew that's that's Matthew Stafford's wheelhouse. It feels like so uh, it would not bode well, I think, for uh, the LA Rams if they got out to a big like lead because Cincinnati and Joe Burrow they like coming back. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. NFL and college football analysts at the Believe Podcast Network and host of the Bust Podcast. I'm glad you named it that, man. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. Make that money. That, 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 <laughs> that's what you got to do, man. You got, that little boy of yours getting bigger every day. I need to put, I need to, you know, he goes through a new pair of shoes every two weeks, so yeah. <laughs> not, his mom's like, he should be in really nice shoes, so that's that's been problematic. For and they're not cheap, are they? No, they're not cheap. And they're, they're, they're inevitably obsolete in two weeks because he's grown so fast. He, yep. Well, he's going to be tall. Yeah, he's going to be 6'9", I think. Uh, he might be. <laughs> I, I mean... You guys are you're a tall couple. He's yes, going to be a, a very tall kid. So we were in London. Uh, I was the NFL analyst for Sky Sports for the final six weeks of the season. So we were in London, and I brought my family with me, nice. and we went to Harry Potter Land. And uh, in the in the uh, store on the way out, there was a onesie uh, of all the uh, of all the houses uh, at Hogwarts. And he was all excited about you know he hasn't decided which he was waiting for the Sorting Hat to tell him which house he's in. So he wants all four of them. So we go to pick it out, and I pull it off, and ultimately he just turned four years old. And what we ended up buying him was the uh, six to seven one year old onesie. So uh-huh. that's it's he's the same size I was at five years old that he was at four. So that that tells you a lot right there. Good luck, man. Yeah. yeah. Good <laughs> luck, Ryan Leaf. Always great seeing you, man. You too. Thanks, guys. Good stuff, Ryan Leaf, joining us live here on Radio Row in Los Angeles. Lee Steinberg will join us coming up at 5 o'clock in just a couple of minutes as we continue here from Radio Row in L.A. Hey, guys, it's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix on our big game coverage here on Radio Row in Los Angeles, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Texas Cheer Liquor, Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, Nearside app. Lee Steinberg, super agent, coming up at 5 o'clock. So in about 10 minutes or so from right now, we've got um, Bill Romanowski at 5.30. Yep. Aaron Taylor, who won a Super Bowl with the Packers as an offensive lineman. He works for CBS now as a football uh, NFL and college football analyst. He's going to join us at 6. Uh, Darren Ravel, talk numbers. Yeah, we yeah, all we yeah. all want to know where to place our bets. Although, dude, this morning on R and R in the morning, Anita Marks from the Daily Wager on ESPN was on, and I tell you what, she's all Bengals. Now I've been saying I think the Rams win, but the Bengals cover four and a half. And Anita Marks, uh, she said too many things that I agree with. Now I now I'm second guessing everything, dude. Everybody, Ryan Leaf. Says Bengals at four and a half. Everybody I'm talking to, it seems like likes the Bengals, and which makes me like the Rams that much more. Well, I, I mean, and you look at the, 
you know, I, I've seen different things floating around, like most of America is rooting for Cincinnati. Of course. Now, are they rooting for Cincinnati because they think Cincinnati yeah. is actually better or because they're the great underdog story? I think it's Joe Burrow. Everybody likes a cocky quarterback that confident that goes in. I just think every, he has kind of been the... Um, I don't know, the poster boy for, uh, you know, football fans this year. Somebody to get behind because, you know, let's face it, besides Los Angeles, well, maybe not even Los Angeles, but Cincinnati for sure. I don't know if there are any Los Angeles fans are rooting for the Rams because they don't even know they're here. But um, everybody likes Cincinnati, right? So it's one of those teams that the entire country can get behind. Jason, we saw one flag on a car from Los Angeles. <laughs> Nobody even knows here that the Rams are in the Super Bowl. It, you know, it, it, it kind of feels that way. And we were driving, and we saw car flags. You know, remember, yeah. remember in 99 in San Antonio, everybody, everybody had, had a Spurs everybody. car flag? There was a car. It had two flags, one in each back window. Yeah. They were brand new. Yes. Like, like the guy just bought them from the guy on the corner gas station. They, they were. That's, that's really the only thing we have seen outside of where we are right now which is all dressed up for the super bowl but you know where we're staying in south central over there by usc which we drove past today because michael jimenez beautiful. got lost driving it was a beautiful stadium beautiful campus. I, I, yeah. I mean he doesn't know how we got there or where we, but it was spectacular yeah no it's fabulous but and usc is the team here right if you're yeah. not if you're not usc the lakers or the los angeles dodgers nobody here cares and, and you but you're going to see bandwagon fans come out of the woodwork here in los angeles for the rams they'll be there all the celebrities will be there. NBC yeah. will show the celebrities, and, yeah, yeah. and there's Leonardo DiCaprio here, and there's this guy there, and I don't care. Show some football. Show some football is what we <laughs> need to do. Super agent Lee Steinberg will join us next here on The Blitz. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. Live from Los Angeles, powered by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Well, we'll get it to stay on. It, it is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minix. That is Super Agent Lee Steinberg joining us here on Radio Row Live. Got the microphone set, working. Dude, you're on top of the world, man. It's so good to see you. It's great to see you. Wouldn't be a Super Bowl without us doing this, Jason. We've gone back years. Yeah, uh, going back into the 90s doing this. Although I got to say, you're on top of the world, but they're going to have to strap you down. How much weight have you lost? <laughs> well, it's funny because everyone else quarantined. And I went outside yeah. and just walked and ran and was outside a lot during the first uh, year and a half of the pandemic. And it, uh, it, I didn't do anything in particular other than walk. Uh, other than walk. Now, you know, if people follow you on social, then you got a lot of people that, that do. You know, you got a great place over in Newport, yet somehow you spend a lot of time in Hawaii. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, you just, get, you just get tired of Newport and you need new water to look at. You know, actually, uh, I did a new health breakthrough over there, which is called RTMS, which uh-huh. uh, helps stimulate the brain and can help people who are concussed. So I've been aggregating hyperbaric oxygen, stem cells, a whole series of things that could help. We're doing a brain summit health uh, on Saturday at the party. 
and it's all these new modalities that can bring uh, athletes back quicker and can help those of us who are baby boomers. Well, that's good. I, I, I need the help then. I need to talk to you about that. You know, Lee, I just started at the radio station, and I was going to call you to represent me, but they wouldn't let me. They said that was a deal breaker. So I'm, I'm happy to see you. Maybe we can talk after the show. Maybe we can renegotiate. I'm not sure. Only one at Alpha can get represented by Lee <laughs> Steinberg. You want to know why I get so much? <laughs> this guy right that's here. That's it, right there, right? No, I, you know, watching you and, and hearing, you know, over the years what you've done and how you've done it, it's it just amazing amazes me how difficult is it to go in and negotiate a contract is it tough to do it's less tough in many ways than it was before because in football and basketball they have salary caps and it really limits the flexibility in negotiating for veteran players it still is a skill set but um it's uh the truth of the matter is the revenue sources are so high right now that this country is in the midst of a pro football craze. It's not only the most popular sport in the country by like three to one, it's the most popular television show, so it's the most popular form of entertainment. And um, when uh, you have a cornucopia of riches, then it's much easier. Super Agent Lee Steinberg with us here on the Blitz. And you talk about negotiating stuff. Uh, a couple of years ago, you know, Patrick Mahomes, some people have heard of that guy. <laughs> well, 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 you know, you were telling us, you know, you were working on his deal. It was an interesting deal. And then a couple of weeks later, it's this 10-year half a billy. Um, <laughs> uh, you've negotiated a lot of big contracts. But when you get half a billion, how does Lee Steinberg celebrate that? Well, pretty soon you'd be talking about serious money. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, um, um, just by being happy for the player. Um, and and in that case, that was the ability to assuage any fears about the fact that Patrick would be there. They could build the team around him. And the structure of it would give him enough room to build the team around him. And so he could go to more Super Bowls. And um, so you're always looking in a contract for how, what are the needs of the other party? How can you make it a win-win negotiation? You know, when you look at it, and, and we've all seen Jerry Maguire and, the, you know, Cuba Gooding Jr. And, and, and Tom Cruise going back and forth, how, how much of that is, is true? I mean, how much is the player involved in that negotiation? Oh, I thought you were going to ask about the movie because um, it was based on the time that, um, uh, that Cameron Crowe spent with me. Um, so there's real caring that goes on. So let's take Warren Moon. We start together in 1978. He plays 23 seasons. So by the end of it, he's giving me advice. Oh. <laughs> and so you form these deep relationships. It's not like another area of the law. And there's real caring. And the most important skill is listening. It's drawing out another human being so you get to their greatest anxieties and fears, and their greatest hopes and dreams. And if you can put your head in someone else's head, in your heart and their heart, and see the world the way they see it, you can navigate your way through life gracefully. When you think, Lee, and, and I know, 
you know, represent some, talking about other players, so I'm going to talk broad, but you, you, you know, we, we, we're all over the Cowboys. This year, you know, Stephen has already said, Stephen Jones, that, you know, some veteran players might be cap casualties. You know, when you look at, you know, a, a Demarcus Lawrence, a Randy Gregory, they've got to make those tough decisions. As an agent, you know, you want to protect your client's money and his contract and make sure he has a job. How much are you involved when they're making their decisions or flexibility to rework deals that we often hear about? So, um, you know, take Dallas. Every time that Jerry Jones needed cap room, we would redo Troy Aikman's contract. Mm -hmm. And so it's greatly in your interest to have that team win. So back in those days, I had uh, Brent Jones and Darren Woodson and Russell Maryland and a whole series of players. So if you're Troy Aikman, it's greatly in your interest to get back to multiple Super Bowls. And so... Generally, what happens, Jason, is that the enemy in caponomics is high salaries. Mm -hmm. Um, Bonuses amortized over the length of the contract. So just to make it simple, if you had a $10 million bonus in a four-year contract, two and a half would count against the cap each year. But all of the salary would count against the cap. So when you get up to $25 million or something high, it's in our interest to always help the team um, uh, with with the cap, and especially if you've got a quarterback or a player that's going to be a key beneficiary from playing in the game, um, happy to redo, happy to redo, and you can do redo every year, once a year. You mentioned all those players, Lee, and and you know most of the players that you just mentioned from the Cowboys are retired. Do you keep up with those guys? Is it a, a ongoing friendship? Yes. So Troy will probably be at my party on Saturday and we text and talk back and forth so um, but you you do some of them you're closer to because they played longer like Troy or Steve Young or Warren Moon or uh, Bruce Smith Um, but it's part of the fun of it I haven't done my job until the players successfully transitioned into second career and is financially set and is happy and and um, all set to have a long run. Lee Steinberg joining us here on the Blitz and Lee, Lee and I go back a, a long way. And I, I, one of the things that I've always appreciated about you when you know when you were building your comeback and you you know, said all the players that I want to sign, I'm going to be there for them. They're going to start a foundation. They're they're going to help in the community, and we're going to find them commercial type businesses and, and that sort of thing. You know, when I was working for the Commanders in the uh, uh, the Alliance League, you know, you guys had Logan Woodside, who was right. was our quarterback in San Antonio, now with the Titans. And I would see Chris Cabot or people from your at, at our games every and time. You even lost the name to the Redskins. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not happy about that. <laughs> um, but, but 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 I would see you know somebody from Steinberg Sports. At an ally- and then all of a sudden, you know, you guys are, you know, with Patrick Mahomes doing something like that. How do you, one, sleep, but two, be able to be there for all of your guys? Well, first of all, you have a number of different people in the agency. So we have agents um, and support staff. So 
you know how many clients you have. You know what it takes to give them a feeling of being nurtured and cared for, and then you staff up accordingly. Um, and it's uh, and I I knew I had to change my life when my son one day was with my former wife, and an airplane crossed over on top of him, and he pointed up and he said, "There's Daddy." <laughs> so it's a lot of travel. <laughs> a lot of travel. So you, you, it, was it at that point that things changed? You spend more time with him, and yes, I realized those. My children would only be young once, and if I missed it, so you started planning trips that were much shorter. You started making sure if I was in New York on Friday night, I took the latest flight and got home for Saturday morning soccer, and. Uh, so I was there for the critical moments, and and I knew at the end of life, what would you remember? It would be family, friendship, and what you contributed to make the world a better place. When you think about everything, I, it, and I, you know, Patrick is a great example because he's in a gazillion commercials now, owns a bunch of Whataburgers in in Kansas City. <laughs> How involved are you on the business side of everything that he's doing? So a player will have a financial planner who will be a business manager who will be directly involved in that. In terms of overall plan and concept, um, that's more where I come in, which is the a little bit of vision. And um, But the point is, is you're trying to brand a player. You might remember Patrick was here when he was a college student coming out yeah. to, to go into the draft. So he got branded in a positive way. And if you like him on the field, you love him off the field because he's so grounded and such a, a nice, considerate person. Uh, but you try to stay involved along with the financial planner and all of that. Well, and, and, and part of that, too, is you, you do all the marketing. The NIL has opened up an opportunity for you to get to college athletes sooner. It's uh it's frightening because <laughs> normally we would um, talk to someone in football right before their junior or senior year, whatever year they were coming out. But now all of a sudden you got high school players yeah. that if you don't represent as their marketing NIL guy, you may never have a chance to represent them in their pro career. And that's, you know, the concept of, of scouting high school quarterbacks is a real revolution. Yeah, Lee, it's interesting that you bring that up. What do you think about the NIL and, and, and its effect on high school players and college football players? The NCAA should have adjusted much faster, and they should have given players from uh, financially disadvantaged backgrounds who might be sending scholarship home to their uh, uh, parents uh, more of a stipend. Uh, you don't have to pay them a lot of money. You could have given them a stipend. Uh, in other words, $5,000 might make a major difference in their life, but they didn't do that, and they didn't do that. And then California came out with SB 206 about three years ago, and everybody in the rest of the country was afraid because the California athletes were going to be able to market themselves, and the NCAA was pushed into this. It's The biggest danger is if you would over-publicize a player when their career wasn't 
really developed yet. You'd put too much pressure on them. Um, we didn't have Mahomes do endorsements the first two years in Kansas City. So that that's a problem with it, but it's been much more vast than anyone thought. For example, um, <laughs> Phil Knight has basically given an NIL deal to the entire athletic program at Oregon. Yeah. Women's programs have gotten it. Women who compete in the Olympics have gotten it. Sam's Club gave 15 uh, uh, stipends and deals to people with the first name Sam in sports. Uh, <laughs> Jack in the Box has done the same thing with people named Jack. <laughs> well, I know Patrick Mahomes is a smart businessman because he introduced Kansas City to Whataburger. Yes. Best thing he's ever done, I promise you, <laughs> it's going to be a huge success. What's, what's so funny is if you're from California, it's in and out, and you're from Texas, it's Whataburger. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Like burger war. <laughs> well, and, and we all know that Whataburger is better, although when you're getting uh, in it, because we have in and outs now in Texas. It ain't the same. No. It, it, it's not even close well, to the same. When they cross the California border, you know. It they, loses yeah, something. It does. <laughs> it, it, it does. <laughs> kind of circling back a little bit, Lee, on, on the NIL deal. The pressure that comes with it, and, you know, you guys had a quarterback at Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler, and he had a tough season, and it ends up transferring. How much pressure is on a quarterback from the business side that we're writing you a big check, and if you're not performing, what the negative aspect of that is? I think it's pressure. I think that it's – I have a little skepticism about – the fact that you can do deals doesn't mean you always should do deals. Yeah. But um, Spencer was a very mature person. Those quarterbacks are getting developed younger now. They're coming along. They're getting seven-on-seven camps. They're getting personal tutors. So they tend to be much more mature. Um, and uh, he just lost out to a young superstar who's uh, now at SC. Yeah. That's yep. amazing how that works. <laughs> Lee Steinberg, super agent. Always great catching up with you. We'll see you at your party on Saturday. It's always the best party. We might have to miss a flight yeah, to we the may boss have later. For that, Just yeah. don't tell the boss that we're missing a flight so we can go to Lee's party. Oh, you're missing it to learn more about brain health. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing there. Absolutely. Great seeing you. Lee Steinberg, super agent here on the Blitz. Always great catching up with the uh, legendary agent, Lee Steinberg. That man can tell stories for days. That is fascinating. I could talk to him all day. Yeah, you can. I mean, he's fascinating. And just to, to learn about the inner workings of what happens behind the scenes with the negotiations just fascinates me. One of the things, and like I said, I, I've known Lee a long time. And, you know, he, I mean, everybody knows this story. Hell, he's written books about it. I mean, you know, drank away $100 million, broke, made $100 million, drank that away, and he's been sober now, as he likes to say, on the sunny side of the street for, (laughs) you know, several years now, and he's back on top. I mean, how many people, you know, have made that much lost and then can go make it again? Exactly. It's it's incredible. But as he was working his way back into the league and being certified as an agent, he was a great source to call and have on because he didn't have any players that he was representing. So he would really tell you. And some of the stories with Jerry and negotiating and, you know, it, it's entertaining. Now, you know, he's got to be a little bit 
protective of what all he wants to tell you, but most agents won't give you that kind of insight. I tell you what, I thought he was very open and honest about about just about everything that we talked to him about, and so it was just fascinating to have him on him. You know, the people that we've been able to interview and talk to here and get their backstory and and learn some ins and outs about their life beyond the professional side, I just think is. Uh, it, it just amazes me that uh, the, that these folks do what they do and and how they do it, and it's it's just been a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. We've got plenty to talk about here on our radio row coverage uh, from Los Angeles. Our AA Best Bail Bonds Big Game coverage brought to you by Nearside App Texas Cheer Liquor and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. Bill Romanowski is going to be on with us in a couple of minutes, so we'll talk with Bill Romanowski. There's a lot of sp- news as well involving a trade pledge will get you updated on all that uh coming up in a sports center so uh, you know just because there's so many moving parts you know I, I would like to talk some more spurs but quite frankly i don't really understand what they did today i'm not sure what they did either <laughs> jason to be honest with you it, it baffles me but hopefully there's a method to all that madness. Well, and again, uh, Pledge will have all the details. Bill Romanowski Pledge is uh, standing over there, so we're going to grab him, go to Sports Center early. Pledge, are you ready for Sports Center? Uh, you want to come in the camera so I can see that you're there and you're ready? I don't know how you got undressed during uh, uh, Steinberg, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the bow tie has been loosened. Last time I saw you, it was full bow tie. Now it's not. I don't know what kind of stress you're on over there, uh, but but it's one of those things. Uh, hell, I'm off camera, too. I mean, Rudy keeps kicking the table, and it's moved the camera all the way over there. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not even on anymore. Okay, there you go. All right. Predict the perfect score and win $50,000. We want more money. Presented by yeah, Deets Tractor. Guess now and win at sasportstar.com. Back here on the Blitz on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm Jason Menix. He's Joe Ryan our AA Best Bail Bonds. Big game coverage continues here in Los Angeles with four-time Super Bowl champion Bill Romanowski. Romo, man, it's, I missed you last year. Good yeah, seeing you, man. I know. I uh, It had been, well, I take that back. I was going to say it had been a long time since I missed the Super Bowl, but I missed Minnesota. I didn't, uh, I didn't go up to Minnesota. I didn't see you in Minnesota. I don't blame you for missing you know, that one. It was the coldest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. You know, but two years ago, you know, down in Miami, that was a lot of fun. And then, but last year, no, wasn't going to do it. We, we didn't go last year either. Yeah, you didn't? No, no. So it's been two years since yeah. we've seen you in person. like the reunion. We see yeah. you every couple of years. Years ago, Joe, Joe just started with us on radio. He's uh, retiring from 25 years <laughs> on our local uh, CBS television station. He's going to come play radio for a while. Romo was, uh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years ago. We're on with us every week yeah. uh, talk, talking football. And then, he, you know, starting his nutrition company that has just blown up. Now he doesn't have time for the weekly segment. But. <laughs> <laughs> Great entertainment because I never know what the hell the guy's going to say. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. It can be. It can be, you know. But, uh, you know, good, uh, you know, you guys are good at what you do. So you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, Bill, it's, it's, I was excited about this interview because, man, I remember watching you. And you, you were a football player. I'm a hard-nosed, tough football player. Well, Four Super Bowl championships. What is all that? the memories of that it, when you look back at, at a brilliant career you know I, um, I literally you know in watching games now you know 
sometimes I get sad. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, God, I'd give anything to go back out there and do it again. I I truly loved playing football. You know, and there's a part of me, like when I first got out, I was like, I needed that break. I didn't realize how tired I really was. And, you know, there's a part of me that almost wants to get back into it in some way. But, hey, that, uh, you know, that that probably will not happen. But um, I do miss it. I really do. And I watch it, and I love it still. It's a fantastic game, the greatest game to watch. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed that I was able to play for so long. And for a long time after, you were doing a lot of stuff with the Raiders. Oh, but yeah. then they leave uh, and, and move to Vegas. And yeah, so they moved to Vegas. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't move, too. I, you know what? I, I mean, I did it because I loved it, not because, you know, I loved – you know, the amount of money I was making doing it. I, I truly did it for fun. And I love the Raiders. And I love talking Raiders. And I love talking football. And it kind of kept me in it a little bit. Enough to feel like I was a part of something. And um, so now, you know, now I'm just, hey, I, I've been rooting for Brady the last couple of years. <laughs> And it bummed me out that uh, he's retiring. Well, it sounds like, I mean, if you if you believe the rumors that he may not be done, uh, right? I mean, maybe San Francisco is uh, is the next stop. A trade for him and Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? <laughs> if it happens, you know, they'll win the Super Bowl next year. Oh, wow. Hands down. I will I would put a lot of money on it. It would be a guarantee. Yes. Wow. That's, you know, with what, you know, how good of a play caller Kyle is and the team that they have, they would win the Super Bowl next year. With Tom Brady. With Tom Brady. What if they found a, a way to get Aaron Rodgers? Um, they could win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. With Tom Brady, it's a guarantee. Sometimes Aaron Rodgers, you don't know what you're going to get. And it seems like in the biggest game – that's when it you don't know what you're going to get and doesn't quite live up to the expectations. You know, when you look at Brady and going back to him and the age that he's playing in, and you watch him play this last year, I mean, still playing his best football. Best I mean, football. that's such – I mean, how weird is that to see a guy that age still performing at that level? I know. It's it's awesome. And, you know, hats off to him. I played till I was 37, you know, at linebacker. And what I had to go through at 37, and now I, I was playing linebacker, not quarterback. Right. I had to, to run with running backs and tight ends and receivers and, and do all that. So that part of it, you know, was harder. But Tom Brady's got to, you know, being a quarterback's not easy. You got to be sharp. You got to be on your game and, you know, what he was doing, he made me a fan. And I religiously watched Tampa Bay for the last two years. Interesting. Bill Romanowski joining us here on the Blitz on Radio Row in Los Angeles. You know, we're Cowboys country. What do you think? What are your impressions of rookie Micah Parsons? Love him. And in the beginning when they had him at inside linebacker, 
and then they moved him more outside. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, why wasn't he there from the beginning? This guy's a, you know, a killer. You know, you can impact the game so much more rushing the passer. And I, hey, maybe they didn't know how good he could be at that. But, uh, you know, to me, that's where I would keep him. If I ever, and if I was Jerry Jones, and if I ever saw him line up in the middle, like in a middle line, like a Mike or a plugger, you know, a Will uh, linebacker, I would call down to whoever the head coach is <laughs> or the defensive coordinator. I say, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, when you look at a guy like Micah Parsons, though, or, and Debo Samuel, I mean, those guys just seem to be able to do it all because Parsons can play a couple of different positions. Okay. Obviously, obviously, Samuel can he do the could, same. He could play probably strong safety if he had yeah. to. You know? Um, you know, he's that dynamic. He's that explosive. He's that fast. You know, but where you can impact the game most is rushing the passer. Absolutely. And I, I want to see Micah doing a lot more of that. Now, you think about your time with the Raiders and everything that you've done broadcasting the Raiders. And I know they moved on you, but you still follow them. This year was, well, a disaster, although they, on the field, were able to do a lot of things. What did you think of their decision not to bring back Rich Basashi as head coach and go with McDaniels? You know, I, I thought Basashia made quite a case mm-hmm. to be able to bring him back. And, to, you know, I thought he earned a spot at the table to get an interview and really think about it for Mark Davis. Um, but I think Josh McDaniels brings more youth and the combination of him, you know, with a general manager from the same organization to where, you know, these guys eat, breathe, sleep the same kind of football. They were in it together for so many years. Um, I, I think it was a great choice. You have to realize Mark Davis is turning in to a great owner. And you guys would be blown away I go back to these alumni events that the Raiders put on, and Mark really cares about, he really cares about his alumni. And these events, better than anything the Broncos or 49ers put on. Really? He really does it right. Wow. And and when I say impressive, it is impressive. That's good to know. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that is. I've got to ask you this because it drives me crazy, and I would think of the player the way you were would drive you crazy too. I watch football. Obviously, NFL is still king. We had the great playoffs that we had this year, but it drives me nuts when a safety comes up and pops somebody or a linebacker, and and they get flagged for it. Does that drive you as crazy as it does me? You know what? Sometimes it does, and sometimes – you know, it seems like there's a lot of times they'll throw that flag, but they're picking it back up, you know, because they couldn't see that the guy actually hit him with his shoulder. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, it would have been hard. It truly would have been really hard. For, I was a head hitter. Yeah. And, you know, I used my head as a weapon. And 
what these guys are able to do now at full speed and and turn and hit with a shoulder hey hats off to them because it's not easy bill romanowski i know you would have to change your game a lot to play in today's nfl but if you were kind of transitioning from the way you were playing to what you're seeing now in the middle of it would you have been able to play till 37 i would i could have played in this style of football probably till i was 40 and the reason being it's turned into more of a passing game there's not a lot of teams that are going to go up and try to beat you pounding the football that's that's not what this game is yeah you have the tennessee titans as kind of an outlier that way but for the most part teams are going to beat you throwing the football i was a great coverage linebacker so for me it would have actually been easier who was the toughest tight end you had to cover? Tony Gonzalez. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Wow, I can see that. Yeah. What made him so he was difficult? That good. You know, Tony was, if he wanted to, he could block. When he when he played for Schottenheimer in, in Kansas City, he made him block. And I tell you what, he could he could come at you a little bit. You know, I used to grab him by the throat, <laughs> you know, literally the first play of every game, and I'd squeeze as hard as I possibly could, and he'd get all pissed off, and I'd say, 60 minutes, pal. <laughs> you know? And then I would say something like, you know what? If you catch a ball on me today, I'll retire. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would mess with him, but he was he was as good as they get. So you were a great trash talker. We know that. Yeah. Anybody ever trash talk you or you go, damn, man, that guy won the trash talk battle? Um, That's a good – you know, Steve Wisniewski was actually pretty good at it. <laughs> you know? And he was a damn good guard in the National Football League for a long time. He was the kind of guy where you better not be standing around the pile because the Raiders, you know, that – they really would try to take you out if you were standing around. And they had an offensive line coach that I know coached them. And I, I think they used to get extra bonuses, you know, where if you were standing around a pile, they'd, they'd just level you. <laughs> you know? so, Who do you like Sunday? Um, if I were, I want the Rams. Okay. You know, that's who I'm rooting for. But if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet on the Bengals. The four and a half? Yeah. And I think Burrow is that much better than what the Rams have. Wow. quarterback. Wow. Interesting. Matthew Stafford has done a great job to get where he is. But here's what I think is going to happen. I think there will be a point in the game where – he reverts to the way he played when he was in Detroit, and I think he'll play not to lose. Ah. And, and I, it may not be the whole game; it may be a, you know, maybe a quarter. But there's going to be a point in this game where he messes up, and you know, he's had some of that really come into his game throughout the season, mm-hmm. and. And I tell you what, McVeigh has done a hell of a job to keep it out 
during the playoffs, but it would pop up still. And uh, it's like they wanted to give the game. They wanted somehow, some way, they wanted Tampa to steal that game. Yes, they tried. Yes, they did. they tried (laughs) damn hard, and they were close. But, uh, you know, I I, I think the Bengals are going to win. And and I look at the Bengals weren't better than Tennessee. They got, uh, you know, I mean, Tennessee got to them nine times. I know. Yet they won the game. On paper, Kansas City. And they win the game. It's... Kansas City was blowing them out. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even really a football game. And I was like, you know, but I also think they are the best at going in at halftime and fixing it. And when they come out in the second half, whatever it is, whatever that magic sauce is, They've got it. It was magical against yeah, Kansas City, that's was. for sure. It certainly was. Now, speaking of magic sauce, man, you, you're a broadcasting pro, Bill Romanowski, because you've got the magic sauce with Nutrition 53 and your Lean One shakes. I do. And, uh, you know, I'm very blessed. You know, when I left the game, I always worked with the top doctors, scientists, and nutritionists when I played. And when I left, I hired the same group to help me make some of the best products that our country, you know, has ever seen. And I formulated a, you know, fat-burning meal replacement shake, Lean One. I have a dynamic uh, natural sleep aid called Lean One Sleep. I rebranded it from Sleep One to Lean One Sleep. And then I have a brain focus product that is like rocket fuel for the brain, and that's Lean One Neuro. And if you take care of those three things in your life, you stay lean, you get good sleep, and you have energy and focus, the world is yours. Wow. I'm, I don't know. I was trying to think two out of three, maybe. Well, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I don't know about the neuro and the sleep, but and Bill can tell you this. I didn't know Bill had this product. When I had my weight loss surgery in 2010, and I was trying all these different kind of shakes and smoothies, and they all tasted like crap until I found Lean One randomly tried it it was like a milkshake it was so good a chocolate milkshake and i started using it then i realized well that's bill romanowski's and then we reached out we connected adam on talking about it and used it for years yeah you know so you know it it's uh it's nice to be able to do something where you can impact people and i really enjoy that you know football was all about me and my ego and you know and i projected that every damn Sunday as hard as I possibly could. And, you know, people didn't realize that, you know, in the locker room, I was the guy helping people out. I was the guy helping people, you know, sleep better. I was helping them out with energy throughout the season. I was helping them with therapy, you know. And so it was pretty easy for me you know, to kind of transition, and uh, it was fun, and I like being in a position to impact people. Well, it's been fun watching that company grow from what it was to getting the Kings and everything else that you've been doing. It's been a hell of a success. Bill Romanowski, four-time Super Bowl champion, and, uh, well, can I call you Smoothie King? Sure. Yeah, absolutely, and Smoothie <laughs> King yes. here on Radio Ruin Los Angeles. Always great catching up, my friend. Thank you.
Bill Romanowski, uh, Nutrition 53, legendary four-time Super Bowl champ. And, you know, Ryan Eagle, we could always tell when we're going a little long and Pledge wants us to break because all of a sudden he's playing Metallica. Metallica, that's the break music? Well, no, it's typically what we play going out, but I guess Pledge was just trying to send me a subtle reminder that, dude, we're running over on time here because you could talk to Romanowski for an hour, so he's going to keep... uh, just again, just oh, uh, sorry, didn't mean for that to go on the air. Get your attention. You look up, and he's like, "Get out! Out! It's time!" Hey guys, it's Rudy J. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports tomorrow morning, seven till ten, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN twelve fifty and one zero three three FM. Live in Los Angeles, our radio road coverage brought to you by AA Best Bail Bond. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jason Minnick. Super Bowl champ Aaron Taylor going to join us coming up in about 11 minutes. Pledge is going to shoot me if we don't give away these Fandango codes. They're, <laughs> they're movie tickets to go see Death on the Nile in theaters this Friday, February 11th. If you want to go... Just be caller number nine right now. Six five six ESPN. Six five six number three seven at seven six on the Kia Bossa Bacon phone lines. If you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, you see this guy, Eric Messersmith, an old uh, San Antonio sports star, alumni, had the hard line with Ari back in the day. Now a wonderful house dad in Los Angeles. Uh, you're you're just killing it. Hey, uh, hanging a, out with us on Radio Row. I have a podcast too, but doesn't everybody have a podcast now? <laughs> I mean. Well, you're making the rounds on Radio Row promoting it. Um, you know, right, you want to plug your podcast? Yeah, sure. It's it, absolutely. It's called uh, Take No Offense, and you can find it on Apple Podcasts and also on a video version on YouTube. So, what does that entail? Take No Offense. Well, so basically, it's my friend and I who grew up together, and now we live on other opposite sides of the country, and you know, being in radio for a long time after in San Antonio, then St. Louis. I, I just wanted to get back to doing something. And so we talk about sports, but we also talk about politics, TVs, movies. It's more kind of a, a wider net. So it's fun. I, re- I really enjoy it. It gives us a chance to catch up, too. And, like, you know, five people enjoy it, so well, that's good. And one of, one, of the, one of the great things, and your mother. I mean, Patty, I'm sure doing wonderful. Yes. And she loves hearing her son talk about nothing. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's all good. Uh, but, but Radio Row is one of those things where we see all our radio friends, uh, and you see them once a year. It's like, it's like a big convention. Now, you're out here, but you live here. I mean, we wanted to bring you down here because we figured you would have all the restaurant recommendations. <laughs> You He's know, got nothing. Nothing. I, so nothing. <laughs> in my defense, I moved here about nine months before the COVID lockdown. So we were just kind of getting situated out here. Then everything shut down. And, and I know in Texas, you guys opened things back up pretty quickly. That did not happen so much right, here in L.A. Now, now, first off, you somehow tripped into marrying uh, Christina Coleman, right? Yes. She is a superstar on Fox News. Yes. Now, formerly uh, formerly at, K- at KBB. Yes. And, yeah. and, and, but... All I know is we needed to connect with Messersmith to go eat because every other photo that she posts <laughs> is at some incredible restaurant that you know where the stars like she goes, and somehow you're in some of those photos uh, right. too. Uh, she and, drags and, me and, along. and it's like, well, where's that place? I don't know. Let me call Christine well, and ask her. We invited the wrong person. <laughs> the problem is in L.A. You know, it's it's such a massive area. So we live in Santa Monica, and and I just don't. I don't venture out of the bubble over there very often. So, you know, downtown L.A. to me is almost like a, another, another So you just 
obviously city. in the Richie area. It's in Santa well, Monica. I don't know if I'd say that, but yeah, we tend. To, I. It's funny. I, I sound like a local. It's like I don't go east of the four hundred five. You know, and so I'm like in that box west of the four hundred five. I don't blame you. I don't know how you get anywhere in this town. It's incredible. Yeah. We leave. We leave yesterday. It says twenty minutes, and we get on the freeway. It turns into an hour. I mean, the traffic out here is nuts. It so is. I, if, if I'm you, I would just stay put too. And we're lucky because you know, where she works close to where we live. Our son goes to school very close, and so you know, and you have everything you need there. We're, we're we're so lucky. We're ten minutes from the beach, so it's just it's it's a nice little area. And there's not a lot. There's not a ton of traffic. That's nice. Santa Monica's great, by the way. All of that area is fantastic. So when we get off the air, I'm going to need some advice on having to deal with this guy on a daily basis. I'm sure you've got some advice Ooh. and some things that you can tell me to make this a little bit of an easier process. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll have to tell. I'll have to talk to you off the air. Yeah. No, Minix and I. I hosted with him a lot. You know, we yeah. were filling in when back then you were doing the show with Dat Win, uh-huh. and when Dat was out or when Ari was out, you would hop on on the hard line. So we did a lot of radio together had a lot of good times did a lot of traveling jay how long have you been on the show now with jason a little over a month now. yeah, oh, yeah oh, week, yeah, week yeah. five week yeah. five all right it's still so. the honeymoon period right <laughs> it, it gets it gets better it, it gets better. yes it's a <laughs> see well, we're off to a great start but you know now ron Nagel and i have been friends since 1993 Jeez, long you know, time. we worked yeah. at ktsa yeah. back then but i i go back to you know all stories that cannot be tell, told on air. That's true. Uh, that is definitely true. Super Bowl in New Orleans. Oh yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was quite a trip. That was two thousand and I was saying today I've not been to a radio row since New York when when I worked with you guys yeah, in 2014. Yeah. But New York was fun. That was a nice trip. Yeah, it was. But New Orleans was just a whole different world. The food, the nightlife, everything. That e- everything was... about New Orleans. And, and it was a group like we have now. There's five or six of us on that trip. And the house we rented in New Orleans said it had X number of rooms, and it did, but some of them, one, like he was in the attic. No, no, he, uh, no, he was. was in the attic that had a couch that was, quote, quote, unquote, a bed. I was in another part of the attic that if you stood up, because the, the way the roof goes, if you, like, Rob wouldn't have fit in that room, yeah. right? I mean. Um, well, the funniest part was, so, you know, Dat was working at the time with you and, and with us, and he was not long out of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he had retired, what, just a few years prior to that. And so here you have this guy who is used to this life. Right. You know, yeah. NFL. And now we are, we're at the Super Bowl, but we're in this house, and Dat is sharing an attic space with me. It's not the Ritz Carlton, right? right? And I was, I was like, Dad, uh, this probably was just but, like what it was but, like when you were in the NFL, right? But, so, and Dad gets up at four in the morning, no matter how much <laughs> drinking we did the night before, right? And we would go outside and drink coffee, and somehow ended up making friends with a one-eyed cat. <laughs> and it was, did it have three legs? Was it one eye and three legs? <laughs> I mean, it was just the strangest damn thing. And Dad would, he would sometimes be getting up when we'd be coming to bed. That's true. <laughs> I believe it in New Orleans, that's for sure. That, that happens easily yes, there, for sure. That does. We're going to have a fun night tonight in L.A. and tell some more war stories because this guy, I mean, you think the way we make fun of Jimenez and his driving abilities? <laughs> Messersmith is never allowed to drive. No, no, it's not good when I drive in a new city. That's for sure.
I'm even worried about you out here in L.A. <laughs> I mean, you, you can barely find your way around Almas Park. Well, that's true. This I'll tell you, the, the, even finding you guys today, I was like, man, where where yeah. do I go? I live in this city, but like I said, I don't come downtown much. He texts me four times trying to figure out Radio Row from inside the convention center. <laughs> it's, it's a big convention center, Jason. Well, yeah, in really his is. defense, it took us about an hour and a half to find this place when we got here. Yeah, well, but again, they've added signs, and I was telling them, do this, come here, do, go, go to Old Spice and go left. And he couldn't even figure that out. Eric, great to see you, It man. was good to see you guys, and uh, big hello to all the people back in San Antonio. Super Bowl champion Aaron Taylor will join us coming up next here on The Blitz, live on Radio Row in Los Angeles. Joe Reinager, Jason Minnix, The Blitz. Live from Los Angeles, powered by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minnick. Our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage continues here in L.A. Brought to you by Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Nearside App. As it happens on a radio row with, uh, you know, live guests, things run long. Uh, I don't know where Aaron Taylor is. He's probably stuck in another interview. We've we've noticed that a little bit today, or I certainly have. You know this already. But, you know, some of these guys that have guests you're supposed to get at a certain time, they kind of keep them a long time. Mm-hmm. And you see handlers over there, you know, rolling oh, their yeah. thing, trying to get everybody to rap, and eh, people just don't listen to it. Oh, well, you mean the- like y'all did Bill Romanowski? I don't know what you're talking hey, Pledge, about, Pledge. Yeah. What, 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 <laughs> <laughs> You, you, it happens. It's it's live radio. It's 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 part of it. But then again, our runner is gone. Is nowhere to be found. I, right? I mean, yeah. where where is Michael Jimenez that should be going around and trying to figure out where <laughs> is Aaron Taylor and can come back? But well, I think Jimenez is, thinks he's a big star now because he interviewed that that girl, the TikTok girl. What's yeah. her name? Yeah. I'm not sure what her name is. Sure, Annie. Yeah, Annie something. Uh, and so he, he, yeah, yeah, her. And, and yeah, so you know they they seem to hit it off pretty well. And so I, you know, I think it went to Jimenez's head. Uh, uh, Jimenez, <laughs> and again, it happens. You know, everybody the first couple times you come because you're not used to being around so many superstars, right? The amount of selfies that this guy has tried to take. That, that Jimenez is taking. And, you know, and, and I've seen him just walk up and try to take a selfie of the guy that's not even paying attention to him. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's doing a good job, but he cannot drive. No, he's, he's not a good driver, although he has been the designated driver. So maybe some of that is our fault. Well, no. I, I mean, at some point, I mean, you put, you, you've got five daughters that you taught how to drive. I've got one. Yes, yes. Rob has two boys. Mm-hmm. Rudy has two that are driving. No, one that's driving. He gets to go through it two more times. And I'm more nervous with Michael driving. i tell you what. That dude is uh, he's, he's challenged behind the wheel. That is, that is for sure. Well, he's not good at backing up even with cameras. <laughs> <laughs> even, even with cameras. So we're in a parking garage across the street. And... We passed many good spots. Yes. Because he was worried about making the turn and kept passing spots because he was worried about making the turn. 
and, and, and not only getting in, but then also getting out. And, and then even, like, where we're staying, and we're not in the best part of town. He needed to, you know, there's a lot of traffic. So we take a right instead of a left, go down. Well, we could have turned one place. Well, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if that was a road or not. It's clearly a road, right? But so we keep going down before we can just turn around and, and make our exits. Michael Menes is back. Will you go find Aaron Taylor? He's with Jimmy and, and see where see where he's at. You know, so we, we will we will find uh, something. Maybe he's not going to show up. Who knows? Well, um, I, the only the only thing I've got to say to summarize all of that Michael Jimenez driving thing is I'm glad that rental car is not in my name. <laughs> I'm glad it's in your name because uh-huh. the rest of us don't have to worry about it. So Jimenez can scratch it, din it, whatever he's doing, and it goes back to you. Um, it, 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 it does. I tried to get him to he's talking about trying to back into a spot. He couldn't yeah, do that. Couldn't do it. He couldn't back into a spot that actually had two open spaces around it. Every, with the camera. Every spot in that garage said compact, and he was not going to park in a compact parking space. There were not any others there. Well, and, and there was a lot of cars that wouldn't be designed as compact that were easily in all of those spaces. <laughs> I mean, there, there is no big truck parking in Los Angeles. Just behind the scenes here in our trip to Los Angeles. You know, I feel like it's quite the adventure that we are, we are in the midst of. Halfway through, uh, a great adventure here in Los Angeles on Radio Row, getting ready for the Super Bowl. And, man, i, I got to tell you, Jason, that today has been absolutely so far my favorite day. Just wait. Yeah, well, I'm uh, looking forward to well, it. Well, I mean, Michael Irvin will be on R&R tomorrow morning yes. with Rob and Rudy. I, I, I don't, they, they taped it today, you know, behind the curtain stuff. Of course. Uh, well, Michael ain't rolling down here at 3 a.m. like Rudy is going to have to. But, um, <laughs> and, and Rudy's, well, he's a trooper. I mean, he, he was there. But I will tell you now, Michael Irvin tomorrow morning, because we, we've all heard the interview, you won't need your coffee in the morning. No. He will get you fired up and ready to go. Uh, yeah, and I don't know exactly what time that interview is going to to take place, but uh, I don't think they know yet either. Well, I would. Uh, I'm going to probably wake up for that thing. Got to get up early for a radio interview anyway, so I'm going to like it, w- it, tune them in on Facebook and and watch. Uh, absolutely, good stuff there. Although, since we have a few minutes, and Rudy, you are more than welcome to come over here and grab some headsets, Rudy J. <laughs> well, Rudy says he knows what this is about. I hope I'm glad you do because I don't have a clue. I'm, I'm, I gotta show the All right. I gotta show the rookie how to take a beat. Uh, you gotta Uh-oh. show the rookie how to how to take a beat. Take your L, man. Take your L. Gotta take my L. Let's get it over. With. Uh, we, we got some behind the scenes stories I'm with Rudy J. I get to get beat up now. Hold on. Let me get in focus for this. So right, Don't spill your coffee. How many cups is this for you? Uh, four. 81? This is the fourth today. A fourth today. Um, you know this is uh, Wednesday, right? Oh, all right. Cr- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We good, baby. All right, we we got to right. get some dinner. We're going to have a good time tonight. We're going to smoke another cigar. Well, that's where I wanted Ooh. to get with you. Last night, we, we drive down to the beach. Mm-hmm. And Rudy, we're in this restaurant, and they're, you know, all the meals they come with uh, a, a soup, a salad, mm-hmm. and then your entree. Rudy's looking at me. I don't want that. <laughs> like, what soup do you want? Do I got to get it? Yes, it comes with it. So, what did you end up with? Smoked salmon soup. 
No, uh, chowder. Chowder. Smoked yeah. salmon so chowder. I went with the clam chowder. He he went with the clam chowder. And uh, Rudy was like, I don't want chowder. I don't want soup. I oh, Give me the smoked salmon. He wasn't going to eat any of it. Bitching about it the whole time when the waiter left. <laughs> I, I don't even know why they're going to bring it. It's a, it's a waste. I planned on no look passing it down to the end of the table when it got to me, and it looked like jail f- it looked like jail food. It, uh, <laughs> it, looked, it looked like something they served on the longest yard. And all of a sudden, he takes it. Pretty good. Phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, he couldn't finish his dinner because he had so much soup. <laughs> yeah. That soup was good. Well, chowder. Yeah, chowder. Chowder. It was good. The salmon wasn't fishy. The little potatoes or whatever were great. The flavor was great. It was actually really, really good. Like a top two. Well, I don't even, I've never even eaten chowder. Oh, man. So, wait, so, 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 so what I just heard was I didn't know what it was, never had it, wasn't going to try it. Yeah. And then I was like, I got a little, put the tongue in it. Oh. 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 <laughs> oh okay. What was the place called again? Only Tom. Tony's. Only Tony. Old Tony's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Only Tom. All right, dude, i got to give you crap. So where's the L? I, I still haven't heard Where of the L. He's getting to, he, he's Cause setting, that was a big win right no, there. That he's was setting me up for oh, the I kick see. in the gut. I got Let's you. get to it. Oh, right oh no, you tell the story. Yeah, well, first Mm-mm. off. Well, what? Y'all tell it. All right. Well, y'all tell me from y'all's position how it went down. Well, right. you know, I thought. Oh, there's Aaron Taylor. I, I, I thought about it after after a while um, with, um, hang on, Aaron Taylor's coming over here. We'll, we'll, we'll have we'll, to we'll, save the story yeah, for we'll, a different we'll time, right? Yeah, we'll have to right? save the story. Table 21, I mean, yeah, they're trying are, to figure it out. Are here. we, we going to get the uh, get the L or are we not going to get the L <laughs> is, is the question. And we'll, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> you're talking yeah, about really yeah. behind the scenes yeah, stuff, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. Well, dude, it's, it, it's, it comes. It, it, it's live radio. It is. I mean, it's it, fantastic. It happens. <laughs> it happens. What's going on, man? Numbered tables with no numbers. Well, well, that's, well, that's it. There are numbers. Hold on. We're, we'll, we'll show you how the NFL has put the numbers on these on these tables. It's, it's on a it's little about sheet. It's well, big. Well, well, yeah. It, it's, it's like written really small on the side. Aaron Taylor joining us uh, now here live on Radio Rose. Super Bowl champion with the Packers, NFL college and uh, football analyst. How's your Radio Row been, man? It's been good, man. It's uh, Football's a people game. And the Super Bowl, what's so great about it is you get a chance to come and be around your people. People you played with, played against, played for. Dudes that you didn't but just watch. I bumped into Anthony Munoz this morning. Oh, wow. Like, I'm going to do it. Hey, Mr. Munoz, how you were one of my favorite players. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown-ass man. <laughs> Fanboying off Anthony Munoz. But how could you not? The dude was a Oh man! All right, so and again, we all fanboy here, and it doesn't matter. You you play, you got a Super Bowl ring. Yes. You talk about fanboying, right? So you meet a guy that is young in the league, maybe one of Heisman. I mean, you've got kids older than this guy. Would you go, "Hey, sir, Mister <laughs> Smith, can we get a photo?" Is there somebody at this table? Yeah, this uh, right here. Yeah. yeah, dude, right here, Rudy J. with, with Devontae Smith. Did hey, that sir. Happen? Did you go, sir? Oh, he went, he, he sir, called him, him, sir. Rudy, how old are you? And then <laughs> look at the gray in his beard. Forty-four, and you went, sir. Not only that, oh, and Mister Smith, and then he lied to him. Yeah, said he was an he Eagles fan. Lied to him. Oh no, you didn't. Can you believe that? Oh man, did you tinkle on yourself? <laughs> I think he did. 
He left for a little while. I don't know what he was doing. My but God. Yeah. Rudy. That's, that's okay. No judgment, man. No judgment. Uh, He's no, that's I mean, seriously, because, I mean, we're all Cowboy fans. <laughs> well, not all of us. Man, no, uh, that is the definition of selling out, right? <laughs> if, you, if you're, a, like, it's one thing if you go on the other side, another division, but you're a Cowboy fan calling an Eagle player, sir, to lie to get his autograph? A picture. Just a picture, yeah. Okay. Just a picture. Then it got the Heisman. Oh, man. <laughs> It's, it's, no, well, we, we, we got the, the photo. The Super Bowl but. is where legends are made, and unfortunately, Rudy's going to be a legend of a kind. <laughs> <laughs> you may not want to be. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> Man. So we See understand what, what you're talking about when you're doing it, because all of us have been doing all that. I mean, depending on which player comes around, it's like, oh, man, that's Barry Sanders. Yeah. Well, it's like Barry Sanders, and it's like, Wow. You know? I, Barry Sanders was one of a handful of guys in my entire career that I would get off the bench to go watch. Yeah. And you got to understand, he was on the, like, when I'm resting on offense because we just came off the field and my defense is out there and he's making them look silly, <laughs> he was one of the players that I would go watch because that dude was built different. And, like, they'd done that sports analytics thing where they measure the the angle of his ankles like he had so much ankle flexion that literally he was one of a kind and a unicorn that for his style of play his physiology allowed him to do something that most others can't do and it was phenomenal to watch i was an nfl player i was a first round draft pick i earned my right to be on that field but barry had something <laughs> i could never imagine having and it was worth getting up off the bench dude i see. cried when he retired unbelievable i have shed a tear i was like and he retired at a time where he easily yes. could have been the all-time leading rusher in the history of the nfl but he ended his career like he ended touchdown drives where he turned to hand the ball to the ref and jogged to the sideline <laughs> exactly it's insane right, right? unbelievable I mean, like the humility there is something that i think we've lost largely as a society let yeah. alone our sport of football and he should be commended for it yeah and again i look at like a tom brady who uh, announced his retirement, then it's like, yeah, we'll see, right? But uh, that I was mean, more of an fu to the uh, the people that <laughs> broke the story where he wanted to control it. Now he's dabbling just to keep it interesting. But to your point, yes, he looks like he could, Ben Roethlisberger probably should have retired a year or two ago. And and here's Barry Sanders. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just going to go do something else. And most of us. Uh, and I, I don't. When, whenever you decided it was over, or did they decide it was over? Because most don't get the opportunity to decide on their own at the top of their game. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I've got some of the tank, but I'm not going to empty it all. Yeah, it's a replacement business, and very few of us get to call our own shot. It's uh, the NFL stands for no effing love and, <laughs> and not for long. So it, it's. Uh, I think I was reading the tea leaves and was making their decision easier for them. And you can't fire me. I quit. Um, but a lot of people thought I should have retired a long time ago as a TV analyst too. So you know, who's to say? Like, maybe I'm the Ben Roethlisberger of college football. And it's time for me to hang them up, and I can go get pictures with Rudy. You know, <laughs> I, 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 can I see your ring? Yes. Hang up. Oh, man. Rudy, come here. Come here. Can, can he wear your ring? Oh. Come here. Come here, come here Rudy. Oh. Come here, Rudy. That's not. That's the wrong kind of legend come, I want come, to touch come, come, come here, Rudy. <laughs> you want to get some bad vibes oh, Okay, if you're going to do the Heisman for Mr. Smith, I want you to do an offensive on, lineman pose. I want to see your pass set. 
<laughs> oh, Rudy's oh, look over at here. Yeah. yeah, do Can it in the camera. Yeah, right here. Yeah. Get your elbows in. What you doing, boy? Come yeah. on. Here we go. <laughs> Chest out. Come on now. There we Come go. Come on there now. There we go. Lower center gravity. <laughs> I don't know that if That quarterback Rudy, was sacked. I don't know if Rudy's got the flexibility that Barry had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sad part is, that's a soccer player. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Was. <laughs> Was man. yeah, that, a, a that was definitely player. a sack right there for sure. There, there was you could you could play you could start for Cincinnati. That kind of <laughs> That's it, turnstile. There you go. Sorry, Great I segue, was... professional broadcaster. Love Nowhere it. close Stick to hanging it, it up. Moving, Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody keeps talking about it. Joe Burrow, if he can stay upright, will have a chance. But can that offensive line protect him long enough to get rid of the pass quickly? I think a, an even bigger question is can Joe Burrow get rid of the football quickly and not hold on to it so long? That's part of what compounded the pressure that they've been given up up front. They were third in the league in sacks allowed. A lot of that was Joe Burrow trying to do too much, but you love a quarterback that'll hang there in the pocket, tries to make things happen down the field, has ice water running through his veins, but at times it was problematic. So a big key to Cincinnati is going to be their play call choice staying in the head of the stick so that they're not if they're in mixed downs on third down where it's not predictable and obvious pass they're going to have to play clean and not have penalties they're going to need Joe Mixon to show up whether it's a running back out of the backfield catching the football which he's got great hands and largely done this year he scored 13 touchdowns on the ground his production's been a little waning towards the end of the year but to me he's a key player how are they going to help in pass protection with tight ends chipping with Joe Mixon and the other running backs coming and chipping before they release are they going to slide are they going to do boots or they're going to move the release point they're going to have to do everything they can because the rams bring a trio of players and leonard floyd aaron donald and von miller that in and of themselves are a matchup nightmare and when you have all three of them and can mix and match makes it really hard from a scheme standpoint to call protections where you feel sound that your guys are going to hold up you notice i i, I caught that i don't know if anybody caught that it was spoken like a true offensive lineman right the quarterback's holding the ball too long yeah throw the damn I mean- ball Joe, <laughs> quarterbacks what holding you, the ball too long. What do you expect long, right? an offensive lineman exactly. to say? So I'm wondering, did offensive lineman? Did you guys used to talk about that? I wish you'd get rid of the damn ball. Oh, there's no question. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh famously would uh, would hold on to the ball too long when he was in San Diego the year after I left, and Kevin Gogan, in no uncertain terms, told him that he should get rid of the football. Uh, Jim Harbaugh shared with Kevin that he was unappreciative of what he said, using some expletives. So the game (laughs) ends. They go into the locker room. Jim uh, famously goes up to Gogan and says, hey, man, that wasn't cool out there. You know, I'm trying to do my best, da-da-da-da-da, we can't be bickering. And Gogues was a street fighter, man. He was cut from a different cloth. And he says, you know, it's all cool and everything. When we got our pads on, we're out on the field in front of the fans and people are separating us. But how about I follow you out to your car and beat the blank out of you in front of your family? Like, how about that? Because nobody's going to be able to separate us then. So that's what I thought. Throw the damn ball. So, yeah, offensive linemen, we don't like quarterbacks. Yeah, nasty. <laughs> don't throw the ball. That was the moral of that story. Uh, that, that, nasty, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all right, but when you hear people bitch about offensive line play, right, um, do you take offense to it or do you say, okay, this is like we I talk about this on the show. I can talk about a lot of positions. I can't grade offensive linemen on what they're doing. 
uh, just watching the game play in and play out. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you can see when some guy gets beat, and it, and it looks pretty obvious. But outside of that, it, it, it's a lot of times hard to tell and grade what an offensive lineman is doing. I'm telling you what. I played this position my whole life. I created a college football award where we evaluate it. There are lots of times, like 30%, 40% of the time, that if I don't know what the protection was and definitively who was supposed to do what, I don't can't grade it either because I don't know what a guy does. He may look bad late on a play on a guy that he's fallen off of, but that may not be his guy. He may just be trying to help out because somebody else busted. It's really hard to evaluate it, and I think sometimes fans watch TV and they, they look at PFF grades, which are atrocious. Their analysis and, and uh, stats and data are beautiful, but nobody respects their grades within the sport of football because they don't know a lot of times what offensive linemen and other players are asked to do. It, you have to look at it with a critical eye. Scouting is about what guys can do and what they can't do and being able to project what they might be able to do. But when you're watching football at home as a fan and you're trying to evaluate our position, understand that you've got a general sense of maybe 60% of understanding about what's supposed to take place, what went wrong, who it ultimately is on. When it's obvious and somebody gets beat inside because they overreach or get beat underneath, you know, blah, 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 blah then yeah, but there's some nuances to the sport at all positions. Mm -hmm. The quarterback on an interception, that could be the receiver that rounded off his route, right? It could be a sack, it could be the fact that a, a back free released when the safety came down into the box and came in the B-gap and nobody picked him up when he should have stayed and filled. Football is chess, and I think sometimes as fans, we, <clears throat> we watch it through checkered eyes, and I think it clouds our understanding of what's really taking place. Well, it's really easy for us to look at a play and say, hey, well, that offensive lineman got beat, and the quarterback got sacked, and it was his fault. So, I mean, that's just, I guess, the nature of the beast. You know, as mentioned, you know, we Dallas Cowboys, we cover them quite often, and they led the league in penalties this year. And obviously, down the stretch, they had a lot of holding penalties that, that ruined a lot of good plays. I've heard it said that there's holding on every play. Is that true? Uh, well, I'm of the ilk that if you're not holding, you're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't care. Um, yes, but there's things that you can do to put yourself in position where you don't need to hold as egregiously as not. I, I came from the school where you, you had knuckles up so that you had your palms so that you could put pressure on the defender. A lot of guys go thumbs up, and what that does is it invites the claws. You're fine, you're in here, but them dudes are creatures on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and when they start to disengage from your frame and shed you, now all of a sudden your reaction is to hold on and you impede the, the referee sees that little movement a jerk even though they come free, and that's enough to get the flag. What people also don't understand is that the officials watch game tape, too, and they know players' tendencies. They used to come up to me and be like, we got your eye on your 73. We know you like to run down the field and peel people off the pile. You do that today too late, we're going to throw a flag on you. Oh, wow. So they do their homework, so they know who the holders are. They know who the defensive linemen are that crowd the neutral zone. They know all the tendencies of the players because they need to look for that stuff to make sure they get it right. Wow. Aaron Taylor joining us here on the Blitz Super Bowl champion uh, won it with the Green Bay Packers when they beat the New England Patriots you got to tell us a, uh, a a good Brett Favre story 
Man, uh, this is a family show with Tony Sawyer. <laughs> this is here after 11 Eastern. Hey, dude, it's 6.23. It is live right now in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, man. Can well, you clean it up? Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll we say can, this. We're smart. We can fill in the gaps. I'll, I'll say, well, <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are some body part tricks uh-huh. that, uh, that he was famous for. I'm not talking uh, about his phone. Uh, the, the flying squirrel was one, the wristwatch sitting in gum, and the, uh, the proverbial <laughs> punching bag. I'll let you guys those gaps. Um, he was also a huge uh, practical joker with uh, stink bombs. Like right when Holmgren would walk in, he'd like break one of those sulfur stink bombs. And Holmgren go, hey, man, we got a Jesus Christ. What? What is, gee, what is that? We'd all start dying laughing. Like Brett was the toughest dude I ever played at any position on any level. I watched him walk into the stadium on crutches my second year there. I think it was 95 throw three touchdowns against the Cincinnati Bengals, walk out of there on crutches. Wow. His ability to play with pain was unparalleled. He was a football player. It never was about us. I was part of a seven-sack-allowed Monday night game in Minnesota where it was loud and John Randall and company teed (laughs) off on us. We couldn't do anything right, and it wasn't him yelling at us like come on guys i know you're struggling but give me a little bit of time we'll be able to hit him up over the top with a double move just hang in there and that's the type of competitor he was man when the game was on the line he wanted the ball in his hand as long as he didn't throw late across his body over the middle he'd be all right. <laughs> you know I, 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 we, we often say the same with aaron look at brett the packers with those two great quarterbacks don't you feel like they should have had more than Two Super Bowls. And, you know, with Brett, one of the things that made him great was his ability to throw risky. But that also cost him a lot of INTs. Yeah, that wasn't the problem in Super Bowl 32 when we scored 28 points and lost. It was our defensive front seven that couldn't stop Terrell Davis in the run game. So, like, I know all too well what goes into it. You look at the Packers this year and the damn special teams that flopped there at the end. Like, you can always point to something. It's never definitive, usually, that it's one thing. Even if it's a field goal that gets missed that looks obvious, there's some third-down conversions that should have been made, but somebody made a mistake that didn't happen and you had to punt the ball away. There's always a story behind the story, so it's not as simple. Yeah, seemingly, there should be more, and I, I should have two rings right uh-huh. now. Go down in history in that elite group of back-to-back Super Bowl I'm winners. a Cowboy fan. I seemingly feel like they should have a lot more, too, because <laughs> oh Des caught. It. You you've been through a lot. Through <laughs> he a lot. has, man. And speaking of going through a lot, guys, I'm here today. Oh yeah, rocking a same here shirt. Same here is a global alliance of professional athletes and entertainers and musicians that are coming together to huddle up to change the narrative around mental health. I've unfortunately lost eight dudes to completed suicide from my football circles. It's a real deal. We're at the single greatest time of uncertainty we've had in our generation in quite some time this last two years post-COVID. Everybody has been affected and been through it. I've held my son as he's cried himself to sleep because he can't go to practice and can't go to school. Businesses that have shut down, divorces, people that have gotten sick and died. We've all gone through it. So mental health isn't binary. It's not you're sick or not. It's where are you falling on the continuum. So people like myself and Hunter Henry and Shemiko Coldsclaw and Amanda Beard are saying, yo, same here. We're successful people that have gone through some things. Let's talk about the causes of continuum. 
conditions, what it was like, what we did about it, what it's like now so that we can move forward and advance this fight on this other pandemic that we're in the very early innings on so that we can all just enjoy a better quality of life that we all deserve and that's sitting right at our feet. Hashtag on the shirt is hashtag same here. Is there a website people can go to to learn more? Yes, there is. Thank you for asking that. It's samehereglobal.org. Samehereglobal.org. And you can follow us on social at same here underscore global both on twitter and instagram help join the fight help join the huddle and let's shift the narrative on mental health and knock it on its ass awesome great stuff aaron taylor super bowl champ see him on cbs analyst there Uh, you got all kinds of stuff going on man and uh Go give Rudy a bunch of crap on your way out. Rudy's already been through a lot, and so have you as a Cowboys fan. So <laughs> I, I have. It's time for me to I have. Out. There you go. Good stuff. Hashtag same here. Go check out the website. Darren Rebell will join us live coming up next here on Radio Row in Los Angeles. This is The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Our AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage in Los Angeles continues. Brought to you in part by Texas Cheer Liquor, Nearside App, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. He's Joe Ryanagel. I'm Jason Minix. Darren Ravel joining us now uh, with the Action Network Sports Business. You might have remembered him uh, all the days at ESPN, everything. I mean, yeah. Uh, exactly. Let's see. Let's see if your mic says. Hey, hey there, there you are. Right. Hey. Yeah, thir- thir- Thirteen years with ESPN, um, six years with CNBC, and been with the Action Network for three. So, so much to talk about with, with you, and so we're 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 gonna go all over the <laughs> okay. place. But let, let's start with the game. Seems like everybody is talking about Cincinnati and four and a half, and that's making me nervous. I don't think there's any great value with this game. I mean, when you when you think about the Super Bowl, you're thinking about, um, you know, where where's the money? And it's 50-50 on the money at four and a half. And, you know, bookmakers make bets themselves, right? If you look at any game during the week, sometimes it's 80% of the money on one side and 20% on the other. They don't have to balance it out. But during the Super Bowl, bookmakers like to balance it out a little bit more because there's so much money on the line. And so when it comes to Wednesday or Thursday of a week and a half of having these lines out, it's pretty much refined. It's not going to go through any key number of three or seven. Mm-hmm. And so I think people are gonna, there's going to be more people motivated to take the Rams money line or the Bengals money line. Well, it's interesting because I don't know what the line started. I think it started at four and a half. It started it started at three and a half. Moved at three to four and a half. So that means obviously that means more money's on the Rams. Potentially, some sometimes sometimes it doesn't exactly work that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Well, the money line because uh, we've had some other people that we've talked to. Yeah. And like Jason said, a lot of people seem to like the Bengals to win the game outright. I think it's a. I mean, I just. I think it's a hard game to call. I shouldn't do this because you know. I just, in general, the Super Bowl to me just doesn't have a lot of value. If you look at the total, forty-eight and a half. I mean, the average game is like forty-six. I don't know if this. I really don't know if this is going to be thirteen-three. Yeah. Or 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 there'll be two mistakes that will lead to two quick scores. Um, that's why I'm going to bet this game live. 
So uh, I, I okay. will I will I will bet it live. See how it see how it feels. What are you doing, Darren? I hate. We live in Texas. We can't do I that know. on our phone. Yeah, I live in New Jersey with a choice of 31 apps. So, you know. <laughs> so the party's at your house? I mean, I say, we're all coming over. Well, I will be in. I'll be in Vegas for, but I'll bet live in. I'll be in Vegas for the game. But, but yeah, I, I, I can't tell you what it's like. I mean, probably 80 percent of my bets are live, and I am just. It, it is like a, a quant machine in my house. I, I go with the unders more than the overs because people say life is too short to bet the unders. If you want to win, you know, do you yeah. want to win, yeah. or, or do you want? You know, life is short. I think life's shorter when you lose money. <laughs> I think life is much shorter when you lose money. So, um, you know, there's some sort of inherent value on unders because the algorithm, you know, mm-hmm. accounts for people uh, liking the overs. But yeah, I just don't, I don't see anything right now. So, it, as connected as you are in the gambling industry. So many states now have legalized it. 19 mobile. Yeah. Te- Texas isn't one of those yet. And different people that you talk to, so many states like Nevada, Louisiana, Oklahoma spend a lot of money with lobbyists in Texas to make And what's, the, your, what's your deal with convening every other year? Yeah, what well, is that? It's the hell out of <laughs> You're an elected <laughs> official. You're not working for a year? Like what? I don't understand Apparently that. Apparently they're out shaking hands and kissing babies and not allowing us uh, to, to, yeah. to get casinos or gambling, but on the inside of the, the world, what what is the push like from the casinos to get I, it I, legal I, in Texas? Well, obviously Texas is Texas and California is California. And you know, I just pray that when they get it done, they get it done in the right way. Because New Jersey, where it's a free for all and anyone can get in, um, you know, that's what led to eleven billion dollars in sports bets in twenty twenty one. If you do things like Tennessee, where you ha- you say to the sports books that if they're licensed in the state, they must uh, uh, they must ha- gross ten like they they have to have a ten percent profit. So what they do is then their lines are screwed up because uh. they have to they're 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 required to have a ten percent profit for because they've calculated how much money we'll make for the state if you have a ten percent profit. So good luck getting like <laughs> my, even minus one ten. You're just not going to get. That's crazy to me. Interesting. Wow. I didn't know so that. So in that in Tennessee, <laughs> in Tennessee, you know if you're betting legally that you don't have the best lines because of that, which is insane. So I guess in Texas, we just have to still rely on our local bookie. Yep, that's just how it is. And those lines are usually pretty good, and they pay off, and they expect to be paid. So it's okay. Not that we would know anything. Right. No, I mean, right. entertainment right. purposes only, right. of course. Right. right. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about about ticket sales and and stuff for this ball game because you know you look at it and just news reports it's like outrageous like a, a regular guy like myself couldn't go and 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 get a couple of tickets i mean it cost me ten fifteen thousand dollars so but- the originally it started out and i think people were buying and there was less volume but the average was like eighty five hundred bucks a ticket the face value is about thirty five hundred for a lower end zone level which is interesting because for Tom Brady's first Super Bowl in '02, the face value was 400. Wow! So the <laughs> so the NFL has clearly moved up and up and up with the rise of the secondary market, but the get-in price from January 31st to today has gone from 5,500 to under 4,000 today. So the question is going to be: Will people in LA say, "Hey"? 
you know, whether it's Rams or not, Super Bowl's here, maybe we should go. And at what level is that? Because Ohio, only 11% of the the tickets that StubHub sold is in Ohio. A little bit surprising to me. I thought yeah, that number would be higher. Uh, well, but again, I think ticket prices are a little little scary. And I mean, you talk about just a ITB ticket in the building. I mean, crap right. seat. You're you know near the roof. They're they're so expensive. And then, and then, what's your experience really like? You don't. Are you less of a fan if you're in the building or not? And I feel like more and more people are okay watching it at home and saying. You know what? I, if the Bengals won for the first time in my lifetime, I didn't need to be there. You know it, it, what? What I and find maybe I could buy the TV. Now you could buy sixty. <laughs> you could buy a sixty-incher for for six hundred bucks, four K TV. You know, and now you, it's there. But there are seemingly so many available right now. Eventually, as we get closer, it those seems ticket that, it prices seems are going to come down. It seems that way. It seems like that's where it's trending. I've got a uh, uh, local. Uh, Ticket broker in San Antonio, a awesome tickets. They, John, who owns it, has, was telling me a story. He's got a guy, a customer, goes to the Super Bowl every year, and without a ticket, he will be at the stadium, and either right close to kickoff, you might miss the anthem. When those ticket prices crash, he buys his ticket. But then. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Even, but sometimes they don't. I I was there in 2002 when because of it was the first game after 9/11, the whole stadium was encased in a fence, so it would take an hour to get in. Uh, those tickets were those 400-hour tickets were a hundred bucks. Wow! Because. Oh, and Mardi Gras was there too, so you couldn't get a hotel room within forty miles. So that 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 was the perfect storm for the. If there was a Super Bowl to go to, it was Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. Well, now that would have been cool to be there for Tom. If Brady's we only first. knew when. If we only knew, right? If we only knew, no one knew. Now you you also deal in memorabilia, and you, you yeah. show them a really nice piece of memorabilia. Tiger Woods American Express card. Have you tried to use that thing? I have not tried to use that. Uh, but but you know I think that memorabilia NFTs crypto it's all part of us all getting hopped up because we don't have enough normal human interaction <laughs> right and we need to people are bought I'll tell you I'll tell you when we have normal human interaction people won't be bragging about the fake land they bought on the metaverse you know like it, the, the the fake the fake stuff the fake stuff is not as good when you actually get back to real life. But no, it's it's like sports gambling is the tamest of these things. You know, someone says, "Oh yeah, I bought a uh, bought a monkey, no, a gorilla." So there's these gorillas that shed off ten bananas a day. So you buy the gorilla. You don't have to sell the gorilla, but each day you own it. It generates ten more bananas, and each banana is worth forty-two dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I bought ninety-three thousand dollars in digital horses, and um, my wife thought I was cheating on her because she's like, "You're using these the iPad iPods for the first time. You're whispering around the house about some stable." She's like, "What are you doing? Like, what are you?" And I'm like, I'm "Like, I bought digital horses, and..." Uh, they race it digitally. You can you can breed them digitally, and you can you can win real money, and you can sell them. Really? Hold on. Are you, I can't I tell heard, if you're BSB or not because no, the, the it's good dead run. It's you, real. You don't have so, to feed so, them. So, so, so clean the stall. <laughs> well, you have to fake feed them. But here, but but <laughs> but so 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 I I had them for forty one days. Uh huh. I got in early. I sold out. I made I think like a hundred grand profit. Wow. Are you kidding? Yeah. 
And off a fake horse? Off, no, I had a stable of 12 of them. Okay. That's what, that's what 93,000. So I made about 100 grand profit. The wife was relieved. I was relieved because, like, literally I was, like, again, going around the house like a madman and talking about all these digital horses. And it felt like I was hallucinating in some way. <laughs> and... And and so uh, there's a there's a little thing where you can punch in where you can punch in what the value of everything is like about a month ago I punched in like what my stable would have been worth it would have been worth seven point four million if I held on to it at oh. least right now so I told the wife that I was like who's buying that there's people buying there's people buying I mean someone's gonna be holding the bag you know <laughs> and well, at least it wasn't me but you know that's this everything with. Crypto and NFTs. I mean, again, they're we're buying digital monkeys. We're buying digital for two, three hundred thousand dollars. That's incredible. So, where do you go to buy digital horses? You 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 go on a computer. You get a MetaMask wallet. I mean, <laughs> but here here's the thing. But here's the thing. Okay, the people who are in crypto are like, it's so simple. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> All you have to do is get a MetaMask wallet. Then you copy and paste your wallet. Then you put money into Coinbase. It takes six days to get the money through. And you're like, oh, it's so simple. Yeah, that's really simple to me. It doesn't seem, sound simple. Seems safe. Yeah, I mean, it seems safe. Right? If I had $100,000 to buy a fake horse and bid, my wife would shoot me with right, a real right. gun. <laughs> yes. Right, with a real gun, not yes. a fake gun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. is crypto the way to go? What do you think? What, what is your I, thought I can't, I can't un- Again, I was deep into crypto and Bitcoin and all this for 41 days. I looked at it all. It didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And you know what? Don't if don't have FOMO for what other people. Just be in your own world. Don't follow people. My my maybe my career not following people. That's not what I've done throughout my life. I'm not going to follow people. I like to be unique. I like to be in my own lane. Sometimes that has a cost to it, and that like, you know, you're in your own lane, and you know, it's much easier to be with a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Right with memorabilia, I buy some one of one stuff. I bought you Hefner's Viagra pill bottle um, <laughs> for eight thousand dollars. It's people, only going up. In yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. You know, so you just uh, listen. I, I just don't think you, you you can't follow. You can't follow people. Do your own research. Figure it out. Darren Ravel from the Action Network. Always fun catching up with you on awesome. Radio Row. Love your hat. Says Super Burrow. <laughs> Burrow. 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 Yeah. yeah. And he's, you've got, what's the other one say? Stanley's Cup. Stanley's, Stanley's Cup, Cup, and it's spelled like Cooper Cup. Right. Yes. Right. The so. Cooper the Cooper Bowl might have been good. Cooper Bowl would have been good. Stanley's Cup, I, I kind of like the, uh, the, the well, championship absolutely. trophy crossover. I, I like that. As yeah. a hockey guy, I yeah. like that. I'm a I hockey like guy, too. Darren, Unfortunately, I'm a Devils. <laughs> Me, too. Oh, my gosh. You are? I am. I'm a season ticket holder. I have a suite every game. So wow. the pain is multi- multiplied by... Well, but now we're good friends. I will yeah. tell you the most random story when we get off. Uh, when I interned with the Devils in 92, Okay, Chris Terreri was hurt. Chris Terreri, yeah. And I had to go pick up the kid from Albany at the bus station. A guy named Martin Brodeur. Oh, my God. Who hated living in the hotel... So he crashed with me and my Navy buddies Get for a couple of, of days. <laughs> Absolutely. That's amazing. That, uh, 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 That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Um, he only became the greatest goaltender ever. Exactly. I suddenly feel lost in this conversation. I'm, I'm lost. Because you're so not hot. <laughs> not hot and and we'd go over to uh, Kenny Danico's place over there. Um, uh, what city was that? Because we were sta- I was in Earl, New Jersey, okay. is where we were stationed, um, which is over by Kingsburg in, in Red Bank in that area. Okay. Yeah, in Red Bank. And, yeah. uh, um, Scott Stevens back in the day, and and, and all those guys. Those are the guys in their very beginning. Yeah. Absolutely, it was yeah. it was a fun run because yeah. uh, you know we, we, we lost to the Rangers in '94 right. in the Eastern Conference Finals right. before finally winning it in '95. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good times. Thanks, nice. Darren. You got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. People are like, <laughs> the hell the are they talking exactly. about? Devils fan in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, what exactly. A... How random. Darren, always great you catching up with okay. you, man. Our producers yelling at me. We're way late okay. for the break. Darren Ravel from the Action Network Live here on Radio Row in Los Angeles. It's Rob Thompson. Join Rudy J and I tomorrow morning from 7 till 10 on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Appreciate it, Rob Thompson. R&R tomorrow morning in Los Angeles on Radio Row. Rudy's looking at me funny. It was the liner that just says, I'm Rob Thompson. You're, <laughs> yeah, that, that just ran. It's a little different than the one that said, hey, this is Rudy J. All right, it, it's there. He's Joe Reinagle. I'm Jason Minnick. Those two are with us now. They'll be with you tomorrow morning. And Michael Irvin is going to be on. They'll yep. figure out the times. They they had an incredible day taping some interviews for you guys to hear tomorrow morning that are incredible. Set that alarm. Wake up at 7. You don't need coffee because we're going to give you Michael Irvin. That's going to be great and because all the guests were great today. And what a fun day this was. I mean, incredible day. Ending off with the cherry on top with uh, Darren Ravel there and uh, – Man, he was a fun guy. You know, I wasn't sure when he sat down right, but, I mean, he, he turned out to be a really fun guy. You know, it's gone both ways with him through the years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. J- just saying. Aaron Taylor was incredible. Aaron Taylor was fantastic. Uh, he's Rudy's new best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that, that was a lot of fun. Ryan Leaf was fantastic. Uh, Ryan Leaf is always fantastic. Pledge, how are we doing on time? Um, I got to tell you, tomorrow... Uh, Brooks and Don, I'm not sure which one, but they're going to be on the show tomorrow. Jake Plummer, LeGarrette Blunt, Talking Blunts, Icky Woods is going to be on the show. Uh, we, we've got a lot planned for you tomorrow. Something named Diplo is going to be on. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a train wreck, man, starting at 7 o'clock in the morning with Rob and Rudy and the Blitz live in L.A. starting at 4 o'clock. Pledge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I thought we'd already had the 10-second countdown. I, you don't right, want to miss it. All right, yeah, tomorrow morning, man. It's time to go hit L.A. We'll see you guys.